Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. everybody doing uh rob ellis tone to shields on this hump last day of january also of note uh in 2024 tone what's up man how you doing i'm doing well sir i can't complain man i feel good i smell good uh you know it's funny uh in our pre-show meeting you know you you and i uh, we, we, we we got into a talk about uh cookies right <laughs> yes and uh yes. <laughs> right right and um Let's just say what was a four pack Uh-oh. is now a three pack. So, so I uh basically um I had cookies for breakfast this morning, you guys. So uh don't yeah, judge. See, I, that's what I love. Don't go by conventional wisdom in forms that you can't have certain things at certain times of the day. You have a craving for cookies, damn it, have some cookies, man. And you know what? I felt so guilty eating it. You know what I mean? It was one of those things like, uh, whoa, nah. whoa, my parents think. You only live <laughs> once, man. It's one of the beauties. That, look, there's a lot of headache that goes with being an adult. Yes. But there are some great things about being an adult. Like, I'll eat whatever the bleep I want to eat whenever I want to eat it. And mom and dad aren't going to yell at me for doing it. So, my man, enjoy your cookies anytime you want to enjoy your cookies. Man, it was uh, it was it was delicious. It was it, it was delicious. But anyway, you guys, what 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 a what an unconventional way to start the show. I appreciate you guys for being here, man. Let's yeah, have a man. Show. All right, we got Teresa checking in first. Props to Teresa. Uh, we got Flexing and Stepping. We got David. We got Jimmy. What's up, Jimmy? We got uh, the ARS bench. We have James Twiz Ken. I am awake. Are you, uh, Frank? We have we do, do, do MC. We have William. Uh, we have, let's see who else, who else do we have Yeah, Make sure I'm getting everybody Bry guy. What's up? What's up? Uh, Jermaine, how you doing Jermaine? We got, uh, let's see, I'm trying to get to everybody here and there's a good amount and I appreciate all you guys hopping in there. Just trying to say hi to each and every single one of you guys. All right. I think I got, I get everybody. I think I got everybody. I don't know at this point. 
Oh, Blutorian, Solvane, Jason, Reco, Slagger, David. Can I got everybody. I think I got it. All right. So uh, good to see everybody. A uh, couple things to hit here, Tone. We usually go right to the birds right out of the shoot here. But mm-hmm. um, late night Sixers game, and I get it if you're on the East Coast that maybe everybody didn't get a chance to see it or whatever uh, the case may be. But Joel Embiid got hurt, uh, left the game with 4.04 left in the fourth quarter. Uh, we'll have an MRI today. If you watch the game, I-, I can't, for the life of me, I can't figure out what the Sixers plan is here. Uh, what's up, Eric? Um, he misses when, the, the previous. When you say plan, you mean their plan as far as his health? Yeah. So he okay. misses the previous two games with knee soreness. Um, and then he was a game time decision last night. And clearly from the jump, his knee wasn't right. He just, he was dragging it around. He wasn't himself. You, you know, he didn't look right. There was one play where he jumped up to block a shot and it was like his knee gave. It just looked like I, I was like screaming, just get him out. There's no point. Get him out. Um, and then right, this, because the, once he plays, it still counts as a start. So it's not going to, yeah, not going to hurt. You're worried about the MVP thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, but so he ends up getting fallen on. So there's a play, there's like a loose ball. Um, he goes down on the floor, and then Jonathan Kaminga falls pretty hard on the knee. Um, and Nick Nurse, after the game, said it wasn't, you know, they're, they're unrelated, I guess, whatever. Um, but, he hobbles off. We don't know where it is. The, the Here's the problem, man. Um, we're stuck in this like eternal hamster wheel of like, here we go again when it comes to him. We know how great he is. He's been the MVP. He's played the best basketball of anybody in the league, but his body can't hold up. So you're saying to yourself, all right, well, what does this mean towards the end of the season? Like, am I really supposed to believe in April or May that this guy's going to be, you know, ready to rock and roll? health-wise right for the full grind of a postseason yeah um you you nailed it and i think more than anything you spoke on the the life and times as a sixers fan the fact of the matter is you go through these you go through all the emotions you know with this team they get you excited you know that you know they make you think that hey maybe this could be a different year but actually it's groundhog day you know they come out the gate strong and then throughout the season, we deal with a lingering Joel Embiid injury, whatever that may be. They get to the playoffs. They win the first series in about maybe five or six games. And then the second series, you know, they're competitive. They take a series lead, and then they blow it towards the end. So it's 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 almost like Groundhog Day with the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, I'm a Joel Embiid fan. I love his game. love everything he brings to the table. But, you know – you know, to love him is also to have big issues with, you know, um, just his body. Like he he can't hold up, man. It's it's so frustrating. Yeah. Somebody that talented and they can't stay healthy. Yeah, and this isn't a at least from my perspective, and I, and I don't want to speak for you, but this isn't a Joel Embiid is soft rant. This is just the frustration of a Sixers fan watching the same thing unfold every single year, where a gigantic human being's legs mostly or there's I know there's been other stuff mostly can't hold up they he, he his body just can't hold up the pounding of what it has to go through with a man that's that big that's seven foot whatever 300 whatever pounds and, and his wheels just can't generally hold up and and it's like and I know it's only January we got a long way to go 
till the mm. end of the year and he can heal up and this could look different and all that. But we've seen it too many times. And it's, it's just a shame and it's a bummer. And look, I, you know me, Tone. I've been on the bandwagon of, hey, enjoy this. Have fun with this season. The guy's playing great. Love Maxi. Love Nick Nurse. But I, I can't really push too hard back against people that are like, dude, I've seen this. You're all wasting your time here getting yourself all worked up about this team mm -hmm. because the same it's going to be the same ending to the same movie. Well, you know, watching Maxi is still exciting, seeing his development. Um, but ultimately, I think that fan that you were talking about is right. We, you know, they've we've seen this movie before, and I struggle, me personally as a fan, I struggle to get but so excited. I struggle to think that this team, you know, can win it all. I struggle with all those things because of the Joel Embiid health factor. Yeah. It's one of the more frustrating things with the Philadelphia 76ers. It's, uh, there, there, there's no way to coach around it. Um, quite honestly, I'm at the point where I'm like, look, we have bigger fish to fry. You've already been the MVP. People that, people, people that's, that know, know your game. They know what you're capable of. I, I'm shutting him down until he's completely ready to go. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Forget the MVP. I'm talking about I need him for the playoffs. I'm shutting him down until further notice. I don't care about seeding because because it's the NBA playoffs. Seeding in the NBA playoffs, seeding means almost nothing in my humble opinion. Um, Matchups matter, but overall, I just feel like in the NBA, there are teams who, as long as they get in, it doesn't even matter. Uh, so I, if, if it was up to me, I'm shutting him down to further notice. What would you What would you do in this situation? Uh, well, if you, yeah, if you had to, had the so right. I'm, I'm going to go to him and I'm going to say, listen, you you repeatedly say that you don't care about the MVP. I'm having this, this discussion with him behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying to him, let's be real clear. Like, are you just saying that publicly or do you really not care? And if he says to me, I really don't care, then I'm saying good. So we're let's forget this five games nonsense. We're going to sit you until this thing feels right. And you got to be straight with us. You got to make sure that the knee is right. We'll take the hit in the meantime. I, they haven't played well without him this year. They exactly played terribly without him. But I would I would sit him for as long as it takes because I have to have my eye towards the prize, which is the end of the season. Mm -hmm. So, but, but that, you know, here's the problem. I don't know that he's not going to say, hey, I, I would still kind of like to win. Then then you're like, all right, man. So what, what are we really doing here? Do you want to sit out a couple games? We'll try and get you back in. We're going to play a little bit in certain games. Are we going to play that game? No. Really? No. It, first of all, there's too many games left for them to play that game anyway. Um, yeah. Even if they did try to play that game, he only can miss. He only can afford to miss five games, right? He can only miss five games of 36 remaining. And there's no shot that this happens, it's, by the way. It's, it's 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 no it's no shot he's going to win the MVP. Um, you know, in, 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 under those circumstances. So, like you, I would have a straightforward conversation. Say, look, it's very simple to me. Destroy yourself now, or destroy yourself. You know, once the confetti falls, what do you want? Like, what do you want? Do you do you want to fight for a championship, or are you trying to fight for an MVP? Let me know right now, because I'm that, that that's not where my mindset is. You, you you like like you just said he comes out here and claims I want a championship. Okay, how bad? Let's put your let's put your money where your mouth is. Like it, it, how, how right? bad? And that but the other part too is and I look he's Joel Embiid. I know he's not the twelfth guy on the bench where you're just going to say, dude, you're doing what we tell you to do. I I understand you have to massage this a little bit, but honestly, man, 
Like if I'm Daryl Morey and I'm Nick Nurse and it, forget Josh Harris, but you know Elton Brand, whomever, I'm saying like Joel, it's in the best interest of the team that we get you right. We want you to be right. We want to win later in the season. You know the individual stuff. You've already won the MVP, dude. We we you got to sit. You got to sit I'm, here. I would shut him down. He wouldn't play in that All Star game. I'm I, I I would just shut him down completely yeah. until, like you said, that knee feels right. Yeah. Yeah, so it, that's definitely one to keep your eye on. If we get any update, again, they're on the West Coast, so it's only, you know, 8, whatever, 8.14 in the morning out there. So, but until we get an update, uh, if we get an update, I'm sorry, we'll pass that along. Uh, what is, anyway, they lost the game. Um, you know, it, that's the, it just felt like he's going to sit Denver, he's going to sit the Blazers, and part of that, I think, had to do with the fact that there was no Maxi, et cetera. Like, I don't know, man. Just stay consistent and send him last night. But anyway, he played. They lost. Uh, he, he he struggled in the game. Um, and it's been kind of an ugly little stretch here for them. But keep in mind, yeah, they've, been with, they've been without their, you know, when you're without Maxine and B for the most part, it's it's going to be tough for them. All right. Um, I, again, I wish I had more good news off the top, but I don't. Um, so the Carter Hart situation. Carter Hart is the Flyers goalie for people who may not keep up with hockey. Uh, So Carter Hart and three other NHL players have been charged with sexual assault in Canada. Now, in fairness, his lawyer claims he's innocent. Uh, They, they can't wait to get this investigation underway to prove his innocence. I'm, I'm trying to stay on both sides of this thing, fair and balanced. Let's let it play out. But uh, this stems from uh, a lawsuit that a woman, uh, a a woman who was allegedly uh, sexually assaulted by eight members of the Canada junior hockey team back in 2018. Yeah. If you, if you, I'm not going to get into it, but if you have time and you read the story, it's some nasty stuff, man. Some, some nasty stuff. I'll just leave it at that. And it's, and it's just one woman. Yeah. How how, how old was she at the time? I don't know how old I I don't know that these guys were all, uh, they were all 25 now. So they were like, 19, 18, you know, at the time. Um, so there was a lawsuit that the woman brought against Canada hockey. Okay. Which was settled in 2022, but that lawsuit that she brought against them open, opened up an investigation in Canada. Okay. So since 2022, they've been working on this dotting eyes, crossing T's, making sure they had their ducks in a row. And now they, you noticed tone. It was two weeks ago. These all these guys all started taking leave of absences from their team. So you knew it wasn't coincidental that it was all these same guys, right? right. And then and then yesterday they they brought about the uh, the charges. So they have officially been charged with sexual assault. Um, and that's that's where we are right now uh, with this thing. This so is- I, I don't know we're gonna be seeing him again. Um, yeah, and then you know dealing with Canadian law. Right. They have no, we have no idea how that goes. You know, what's their course of action? What's their yeah? That's an important their, their, distinction. Their it's not the same as the states. It's not. Yeah, yeah. We definitely want to make sure we make that distinction. This is not uh, a case being tried. Then you know, on you know, in the states. Right. Mm. Yeah, man. So either way, like it's it's ugly on a million fronts. Okay, it, it, it's bad. Now, every, in fairness, every one of these guys who were charged yesterday, their lawyers. Are claiming they're innocent and they want to they they want to prove their innocence. Okay, so we'll see we'll see what ends up happening with that. But definitely want to monitor. Uh, the Flyers have been rolling with Samuel Urson, 
as their starting goalie. Uh, mm-hmm. They're in they're in the midst of the All Star break. They don't play. They're off for a couple more days after right. the All Star break this weekend. All right, Eagles question for you, um, specific to Jalen Hurts. Have you lost faith? And if so, Tone, how much have mm. you lost? Uh, let me ask to answer this for Dan real quick. So, Dan, it is a criminal case. It is a it is a, a criminal case. There was a settled civil uh, case already, but Canada has brought about a criminal case against these guys. So they have been charged in, in the law with sexual assault. See, so the it, thing it, is, it, in America, typically that happens – the opposite the direction. opposite way correct yeah, yeah typically typically you know they go for the criminal and then and then if that fails okay now they're, now they're trying to go civil kind of like with the uh deshaun watson situation they try to go criminal and then they drop the civil because they didn't have enough evidence correct but they started with civil yeah and then now they're trying to go criminal which tells correct. me they only had enough at the time for a civil case, but they it got dismissed, right? Maybe some of the stuff that brought up in the me, civil suit, yeah, yeah, uh, added further evidence that maybe the Canadian authorities right. felt like they could use. I, I don't, I, dude. I'm not even going to pretend to speculate on, on yeah. how it all. I have no idea how this thing goes in Canada. <laughs> no but, but idea. E- but either way, like very ugly situation, man. Very ugly. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. But yeah. So just kind of, there's no easy pivot off of that. I'll be, I'll be real with you, but if no, it's not, let's just, uh, let's just move on. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So uh, Jalen hurts. And and, and again, the question on the table is for for you and I'll jump in. I want to hear everybody from the chat too. Mm -hmm. Have you lost a degree of faith? And if you have, to what extent, like how, how, how much have you lost? The answer may be, I haven't lost any. So where are you with this time? I haven't lost any faith. Um, okay. And Jalen Hurts as a quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I'll look at it like this. You know, Jalen Hurts, he had his fair share of struggles in 2023, most notably with the turnovers. He had 15 interceptions and he had four lost fumbles. So when you factor all that, when, when, when you factor all that in, you know, you, you know, you say to yourself, what went wrong? Why was Jalen Hurts turning the ball over at this high of a clip? How did Jalen Hurts have 19 turnovers, which is more turnovers than he had in 2021 and 2022 combined? How was that possible? So um, I believe there were some mechanic issues. I believe I believe his feet weren't right. Um, I also feel like throughout the season he was overcompensating for a knee. And I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just trying to make observations. Yeah. Um, but overall, um, I haven't lost faith uh, in Jalen Hurts because I see a quarterback who – completed the same amount of passes, basically 66% versus 65% in 2023. I mean, six, what's one percentage point really? Yeah. I, that's so, Yeah. So, so I see a guy who completed, um, who completed his passes at the same clip while throwing more passes in 2022, he attempted 460 passes in 2023. He attempted 538. So he threw the ball 78, 78 more times um, this season. Um, and he and he also gave you uh, 48 uh, more completions, if I'm not mistaken, if my math mm-hmm. is correct. Mm-hmm. So, and also on top of that, he gave you slightly more passing yards. Um, he gave you more touchdowns, uh, less rush attempts, but nonetheless, he was still producing at a very high level. He also was producing turnovers as well. So, if you cut those turnovers in half. We're looking at potentially an MVP candidate, you know, legitimately. He had 38 touchdowns on the season. Uh, on top of that, 
in, in the run game, he accounted for 68 uh, first down conversions just in the running game. Um, I just see a quarterback who had a slight down year. You know, I I still see Jalen Hurts as the same quarterback. I don't look at him as any less than. Uh, I'm looking at I'm I'm looking at uh you know his uh his standard, not necessarily what the anomaly is. 15 interceptions compared to six the previous year, nine a year before that. I'm not. That's not who he is. 15 interceptions, 19 turnovers total. That's not and that's not really Jalen Hurts. That's not in his DNA. So I look at it as an aberration or an anomaly more so than anything. I feel like every quarterback on their resume has um, that year or two where they have more turnovers than they normally would. Um, Yeah. I'm not looking at Jalen Hurts as a guy who just completely fell off a cliff. I'm looking at him as a guy who's going through the growing pains of being a young quarterback with new money, um, with new coaches again, and um, he's trying to figure it out. So I still see a guy who can, who can still produce at a high level. My my word is fixable. I, I think this is very fixable. Yeah, in long form, that's basically what I'm saying. Yeah, no, but but I think that if you look at, first of all, I am convinced he he either wasn't or isn't healthy. And I don't know that we'll find out that he got anything done, a procedure, or it was just something that needed rest. I don't think he was right. And, and, and here, so that's the first part. I want him to be operating at maximum health to start mm-hmm. the season, because here's what I want. I've told, I've said this repeatedly. I want him to get back to using his legs to hell with the, with the fear of the injuries. If he gets hurt, he gets hurt. It's the NFL. This guy is successful because he's a scorer, not a shooter. Okay. Because he can do a lot of different things because he can threaten you with his legs because he puts fear into you with his legs and his arm. If that's the case, you got to let him be him. Uh, I got to use RPOs with him. I got to utilize called runs, draws for him, whatever. There was some, there wasn't enough in my estimation. Some of that might've been because he was hurt. Some of that might've been because you're afraid he's making 250 million now. Whatever it is, that's got to go out the window as far as I'm concerned. I'm willing to take that chance. If he gets hurt, fine, he gets hurt. I don't want it to happen, but that's a a byproduct of playing in the NFL. That doesn't mean you, you you don't be smart about it, but that's the first part. I agree with you wholeheartedly. You, we are not going to see this turnover level next year. We won't. And if we do, he's going to be out of the league or a backup very soon. If you if you turn it over at that rate, you're not going to last as a starter. I don't believe he will. I think it was the absolute exception to the rule. He's generally taken very good care of the football in his career. If you all of his stops, yeah, in the college, NFL, high college, school. the whole nine. He is not a turnover guy. I I think. Stuff starts to snowball sometimes, man. And you lose confidence. You get in your own head. You start forcing things. Does he have to be a little bit more careful with the football? Yeah. Yeah. He's got to take care of the ball better. Um, I think all of those things, I don't feel like it was a very good support system with the coaching staff, whether that you want to, I don't care who you want to blame, mm-hmm. Nick or Brian Johnson, whatever. I don't know. I don't know that either one of them did a, did a good job with him. But I think he's going to hear a new fresh voice, which is good with Kellen Moore. I hope Kellen Moore has been instructed to coach him up and 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 not be afraid to get into him a little bit, which I think may have been happening with Brian Johnson. I think this guy gets back, man. I don't know if he's going to be as great as he was in 22. It felt like everything just aligned that year for the whole team. Mm-hmm. But I think he's going to be way better than he was this year. And if he's way better than he was this year, he's a top five quarterback. And if he's a top five quarterback, you have a shot. Yeah, his that, numbers... That, his numbers are pretty much the same. It's just the turnovers. Like, like he he was the same quarterback for the most part. It's just the turnovers and optic. And you know, you know, when you look, the optics obviously weren't as smooth because the offense was just jagged in general. 
Uh, but here's the thing. You know, when you bring in a guy like Kellen Moore, a guy who's traditionally dealt with dropback quarterbacks, um, what you're saying is that you're trying to expand Jalen Hurts' skill set because the Cliff Kingsbury hire, me and John McMullen was talking about this last night on Football 24-7. A Cliff Kingsbury hire would imply that you're trying to lean into what Jalen Hurts does well, the RPOs and all that kind of stuff. Bringing in Kellen Moore implies or infers that you're trying to add on to what Jalen Hurts does. And look, Kellen Moore has ran RPOs before. Every offensive system has some RPOs built in, but every team has a different identity and what they're trying to get across ultimately. But overall, every team has an RPO sprinkled in here and there. The Eagles have just surrounded their offense around the RPO. That's why people consider them the RPO offense. But every every team runs a zone read or an RPO sprinkled in somewhere. They just don't run it at the highest clip of the, as the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Philadelphia Eagles tried to cut back on it last year. I just want Jalen Hurts to play Jalen Hurts football. I want him because I believe I believe he can be better than what he is now. I believe he can get to a point where he doesn't have to rely solely on his legs. Um, is it a large part of his game right now in 2024? Absolutely. But I think as he evolves, as he gets older, as as the athleticism starts to wane, I think Jalen Hurts can transition to being a Russell Wilson type, you know, pocket quarterback, gets out of the pocket, makes some, you know, improvisational plays here and there, big play guy. Um, But my biggest, you know, my my biggest thing for Jalen Hurts is get, you know, get your feet right, protect Mm -hmm. the football and utilize the middle of that field. You know, and and also get better with responding to the blitz. Yep. Those are my, those those are, those are the four boxes I need Jalen Hurst to check in th- this offseason. All right, let's uh, let's hit it. I, we'll bounce this off of Jeff Kerr when we come back. Jeff Kerr is going to join us uh, mm-hmm. from CBS Sports. Jeff was actually down in Baltimore this weekend uh, when the Chiefs beat the Ravens, so we'll obviously hit him with all those kind of things and all of our Eagles questions and points. We'll do as well with Jeff when we return. Chris Franklin tomorrow uh, from NJ.com. So looking forward to, to talking to both of those gentlemen. Uh, in the next couple of days, but Jeff's next. All right, we'll hit it real quick. Let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Uh, they've been family-owned since 1985. you got Alex and the crew in there seven days a week doing their thing, providing the most fresh and homemade food daily. They have 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They have the specialized pizza. However you want it, they will make it for you, but they don't just do pizza. They have fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads, Bravo Pizza is also committed to the community where they have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, PA, 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, Pennsylvania. Give them a call, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810, Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget.
go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Appreciate you hanging out with us today. Always great to catch up to our next guest. And uh, spent the weekend in Baltimore and take took in that Chiefs victory over the Ravens. But uh, always, always fun to talk to him. You can follow him at Jeff Kerr CBS. Catch his work, of course, at CBSSports.com. The one and only Jeff Kerr. Jeff, what's up, my man? Hey, what's up, guys? By the way, a lot of things are bugging me today between the Phillies leaks to the Connect jersey, which I knew was going to look like the Union and not too happy about it, and the whole NBA Joel Embiid thing, and everybody complain about Taylor Swift being on TV, even though she was on TV less than a minute. It's 
a lot of things are bugging me. Oh, by the way, as a racing fan, F1 saying that they build the Andretti brand, which anybody and their mother knows who Michael Andretti, Mario Andretti are. It's uh, even listeners of this show knew know who they are. So I don't need to hear that crap. Right, Jeff's on fire. fire up today. Jeff You're came right. in high. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love so it. He comes in hot. Yes. Yeah, Taylor Swift was on camera for 44 seconds of a three hour and nine minute game. And everybody's oh my all God. up about it. All right. Oh, she's on. She's on way too much. I'm like, well, what are you supposed to do? She's the girlfriend of the best player. Uh, I'm sorry, the second best player on the Chiefs. No disrespect to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, I, I do want to get to that because I know you covered that game in a sec. But, but I have to start with this, Jeff. My sources, and I have very good sources on this one, are telling me that you interviewed SpongeBob SquarePants yesterday. Is this correct? Uh, this is correct, and you are the source, Rob, because I, I believe I'm the one who told you this when, when you wanted me to don't, go. Don't don't give your sources up, Jeff. Come on, man. Oh, I can give that. you. I can give you away. Yeah, okay. I read SpongeBob, Patrick, and Sandy Cheeks. So there, there you go. <laughs> Sandy Cheeks, I love it. Now, how did that go? Were they? Were they? I've heard they they can be a rough interview sometimes. That crew. I, I don't know. Oh, they, they were hilarious. I I told them the pleasure was all mine for. Given, you know, they were my childhood, essentially. They were my childhood. They were my teenage years. And they're like, wait, you're actually honored to interview us for 15 minutes now. I interviewed Bill uh, Fagerback last year when Patrick did the whole um, Christmas thing. Remember the, the Russell Wilson thing he went viral for? Yes. I interviewed him a week before that. And it was funny. We were talking more about his role of Dauber in coach than actually being Patrick. And he said, I hope there's like a memorable play that <laughs> I, I can gravitate toward. And he was a big Rams fan. So he's like, the Rams, he's like, the Rams sucked last year. So that was the greatest thing that could ever happen, that there was a team worse than my Rams. And he, he, he yeah, he's all excited for this. Like just the whole getting the mingle with Spun. He said he wishes Squidward could be part of it, but yeah. it's, it's going to be – it was a fun interview. I can't wait to share it with everybody. All right, good, man. Looking forward to that. All right, I want to start with the with the Eagles here, and I want to get your impressions here of the, the Fangio more hires. Um, let, let's start – let's go on the defensive side first because I think Fangio's got his work cut out for him, Jeff. Just I don't know that they have the talent on that side of the ball. But your impressions of them bringing him in and what he brings to the table for people who may not be as familiar with what you know he likes to do and whatnot. So I – like the person I met on the hire just because a week ago they want to just completely ditch this defense and, you know, go to a Ron Rivera or a Wake Martindale and try to blitz more, use the strength of the personnel they got. Then they decide, oh, we can get the guy who we've been trying to replicate for years with Jonathan Cannon, with Sean Tassai. That was the reason they hired Sean Tassai because mm-hmm. They thought he was the closest thing to Vic Fangio. Well, he was the first thing away from Vic Fangio. Uh, you know, players complained about him the entire season. It, it, it was just a mess. And, you know, we saw the Matt Patricia fiasco after that. So maybe Sean Desai wasn't that bad. But I like how they're sticking with, okay, if they're going to stick with the Fangio thing, you might as well just get the guy you wanted to be your defensive coordinator anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like that move. But you're right, Rob. They need the personnel – they need Mike Caldwell as linebackers coach, by the way. I love the Clint Hurt hire. I love the guys Vic Fangio could bring in, and he could bring in really good defensive pieces with him. So th- there's a lot of attachments to Vic Fangio that you're like, okay, maybe the defense is – his style of defense is kind of fading in the end. But you don't – you're not a defensive coordinator for 30 years if you're not adjusting. Right. 
makes sense. Right. Yeah. You know, and then um, it makes me think about Kellen Moore, right? Um, I want to get your take on that hire as well, because, you know, when I look at Kellen Moore, I see a guy, his resume indicates that he's really only dealt with the drop back quarterbacks, really. Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert. Um, now he's going to be working with Jalen Hurts. I'm curious to know what's your opinion about what the Philadelphia Eagles vision may be for Kellen Moore and Jalen, uh, and Jalen Hurts and just that marriage. I got news for the run the ball crowd. They ain't running the ball. So, oh, I love the Kevin Moore hire. Are you going to love it when he throws the ball 50 times? Because that's just gonna, Jalen Hurts is going to put some gaudy passing numbers with Kevin Moore. I'll, I'll say that. But, yeah, Tony, I'm glad you brought that up with the whole dropping back. And I think that's a part of Jalen's game they really need to add to the offense. Like, I don't mind Jalen Hurts and shotgun as much as he is, but I think that's the big knock with guys like Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, essentially, that they are back in shotgun way too much and they're relying on those two to make all the plays they need to make when in reality the Eagles did not have to do that last year they could have relied on A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith and DeAndre Swift and guys like that to carry this football team and they didn't get Swift involved enough in the passing game uh that if they do keep Swift uh I don't think we're going to see much of that with Moore although he does do like to swing the ball to his running backs. Like, it's not like he didn't try to get the ball to Austin Eckler last year. Austin Eckler was hurt. And I said this on Birds 365, you know, just talking to a couple uh, players that played for Kellen Moore. And, look, the Chargers had a ton of injuries last year. Uh, let's be realistic. Uh, I, I think a lot I think a lot of people out there were sad to see him go, but kind of knew that was going to happen with Jim Harbaugh going there. You know, he, he can go wherever he wants. So, I, I, I do think it's the game for the Eagles. I think it's a change in offensive philosophy. And that was the only good thing I liked about that press conference last Wednesday was that they were willing to just change everything on their offense. Um, I do not like hearing, though, I, I, again, I, I can't confirm or deny where it's true or not, but Nick Sirianni fails are going to go look at Bill Belichick. I'm like, do you really want that fraud to be your head coach? Like, the guy, unless Tom Brady's coming with him, you're not winning. <laughs> Yeah, so what Jeff's referencing, uh, what he's referencing, and this is a report yesterday uh, from Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. He was on 98.5 in Boston. Now, to be clear, what he said was he's hearing through back channels had the Eagles blown Sirianni out that they would have been in on Belichick, okay? Uh, That's the first part of it. And I'll just tell you, I played that cut last night on WIP for Howard Eskin, who was the team's sideline reporter. And he, he vehemently, to say the least, swears <laughs> up and down that it's bogus, that they did not have any interest and don't and wouldn't, even if they fired Sirianni after this season, have interest in Belichick. I'm just trying to give you both sides of this thing. Yeah. And you know what? I'm inside with Eskin because he's in the building. Like yes. I said, I, I, I don't have a, a dog in the fight for, for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I, honestly, I, I think if the Eagles were the – would have fired Sirianni. I think Bobby Slowick would have been probably their their top guy. That's who I would have thought they'd try to go at. But obviously Slowick staying, staying in Houston, that's a smart move by him. Same with uh, – But by the way, I loved how the Eagles interviewed uh, Gerard Johnson uh, for their offensive coordinator role. Again, he's a, another young coach, a lot of fresh mind, you know, a lot of fresh ideas. Uh, the, the work he did with C.J. Stroud this year, uh, he was a former Eagle at one point. He was in yeah. uh, training camp in 2011. So – you know, I, I liked all the guys they were looking at on the offensive side of the ball, minus Cliff Kingsbury. That's the one guy I did not want. All right, so let, let's stay on that for a minute, Jeff. Um, 
one of the things the Eagles really struggled with was blitz, was the blitz. This is this is one of the things that Kellen Moore does extremely well. Uh, his Dallas days, he was very good. I think in 2022, they were number one against the blitz. That's something that became all too predictable, right? I mean, this is this should be an area that we see a vast improvement in your estimation. Oh, I, absolutely. I, I think that's something they have to do. Look, uh, there are a lot of things why this offense was kind of up and down the entire season. And it's crazy to think about. So I got my end of season review stuff uh, for from our CBS Sports Research team, from Sport Radar, for a lot of numbers here. And I, I crunched some numbers myself. Did you guys know in turn in the general consensus the Eagles were a top ten offense last year? It's amazing, right? The way we talk about it, you would think that they were a bottom ten, but you're right. I mean, I, I they I think they were still seventh in scoring. There's a in a lot of areas, Jeff. Their numbers are still pretty good. Now, obviously, it looked hideous at the end, and that that colors the way that you look at it. But you're right. Yeah, I think what the fan base reacted to was this was a team that was supposed to make up for the deficiencies of this defense. But the Eagles' defense was terrible. They were the worst in the NFL the last seven, eight weeks of the season, and the offense just couldn't score enough to counter it. Like, they scored 30 against the Cardinals. They lost. They scored 30 against the Giants. They, you know, it it was a close game. And it's definitely the last two games is what gets in everybody's mind. And, look, everybody wants to talk high school offense, this or that, but the reality of the situation is just – one played well. They really did miss AJ Brown. You know, Jeff, I want to get your opinion on where Nick Sirianni fits in with all this. You know, when it comes to uh, Kellen Moore and Vic Fangio, look, they they pretty much blown out his entire staff on offense for the most part, or it's or it's going to happen because Kellen Moore is going to find a way to bring his guys in. Um, we were already we're already in a position where we're questioning what Nick Sirianni's role is. I'm curious to know. Do you look at him as a lame duck coach at this uh, uh, at this point, and has the fuse already been lit on his departure? Because in my by my estimation, you know they've they've already kind of positioned themselves in a way that if things go south, Kellen Moore can just phase right into that head coaching role, that interim role. They interviewed him in twenty twenty one. It just seems like a situation where Howie and and his organization are kind of hedging their bets while while not really revealing that they're hedging their bets. Again, I, I know I said a lot there. I just want to get your opinion yeah. on that. Well, same with Vic Fangio too, right, Tim? I mean, Vic Fangio was a head coach in this league for three years. So, yeah, they are hedging their bets. And, look, I don't – I hate when they basically say – and, well, they didn't say, okay, you're – you essentially got this year. Like, you, we are going to pick your coordinators. You have to change your entire offense. You have to – hire this guy for deep, which again, I don't think Nick Sirianni have a problem with hiring Vic Fangio at all. Um, and I really don't think he has a big of an issue with giving up the offensive play call because he's still a head coach in this league. If he wants to be a CEO head coach, I think he's okay with that. So I think that's why he's still here. But yeah, if everything falls off the rails next year, he's gone. And one thing I did notice in that press conference, there wasn't a lot of that stupid joke Howie Roseman tries to make that he only thinks is funny and we don't. Um, you know, I think Howie Roseman, I'd be a little serious for him, too. Not, not saying his job's going to be on the line or anything like that, but it feels like Lurie kind of gave him something, too. Like, hey, we just can't suck one year and be great the next. Like, why can't we do what Andy Reid did here and just win, 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 and go deep in the playoffs every single year? Why does everything have to be we have this ultimate, we go to the Super Bowl, and then all of a sudden we, we slowly fade, and then we get better again? 
Uh, I, I think that's on Howie Roseman. Well, that begs the question, should his job be on the line in the first place, right? I mean, he's a guy that's – look, what GM do we know of in this league that can survive as many head coaches as Howie Roseman has? That's you know you know that's a that's a reality, and also on top of that, when it comes to Nick Sirianni and his job security, could they really have afforded to bring in a whole new coach? And you know you know in this climate right now, you know with all these uh, big name coaches on the market, it, it, it just seemed like they knew they were better off keeping him. You know, just from the from the public relations standpoint, again, Harry Roseman is a guy who kind of. It's kind of he's kind of seeped through the cracks through all of this. Should should he be on the hot seat as well? Should there be a lot of pressure on Nick's on Harry Roseman as well entering the 2024 offseason and season? Yeah. By the way, I want to add, were you guys intrigued by the coaching hires this cycle outside of Jim Harbaugh? Fascinated. Yes. But, yeah, like that's the one guy I would have taken here, but nothing against Raheem Marsh. Raheem Marsh deserves a head coaching job in this league. But I've also seen Raheem Morris. It's it's again, and I feel like Raheem Morris at the Falcons stink. I'm going to be like, they gave this guy a second head coaching job. Like Dennis Allen, I I, I don't know how he's still hot. I don't, I don't know how Dennis Allen still has a job. Like Josh McDaniels got hired a second time. I'll never understand it. it, it and look, I, I love how Dave Canales got a job. Um, you know, more power to him in Carolina because that's, that's is it be fair it. to say for Raheem Morris that you know when he was a head coach. He was very young in, in, in you know in Tampa, right? He was exactly. And, and the thing is, I like the hires Raheem Morris is doing. So I think okay. this could work in Atlanta. It's just I feel bad for him because he doesn't have a quarterback. And I right. I don't know what again, why would you want to take the Falcons job? But again, he's familiar with the organization. And again, you know, I, I was actually I, I wasn't shocked, but I was kind of shocked Raheem Morris took Atlanta. Let's just put it that way. Uh, okay. you know, I thought maybe Seattle would be a better fit for Raheem Morris. Oh, okay. So you were shocked that he took that job rather yeah, than yeah, okay, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think there were other jobs he he could have had, and look, he he's earned it. And so Atlanta was the one there. Ben Johnson turned down the Commanders. I'm kind of not surprised about, even though because on Sunday it seemed like Ben Johnson and Mike McDonald were the two, uh, from what I was hearing, that they wanted. And McDonald's still available. But Ben Johnson said no. And everybody goes, well, how can they say that? They got new order. They got this. I'm like, it's still the commanders. They still aren't good. Um, they, they don't know who the quarterback is. They got a lot to fix. It's Maybe Ben Johnson doesn't want to do that. Maybe he wants a job where he can win right away. But uh, Yeah, I, I, the only problem I have with that, Jeff, and I get you, everything you say makes sense. But but the only issue I have is I look back at a guy like Byron Leftwich who turned down the Jags when Doug took it and – He's like persona non grata now, man. Yeah, like, he doesn't even have a job. That's what I mean. Like, I, I, I get it, and I, I understand. You know, you don't even. We have no idea what Josh Harris is going to be like as a football owner, right? No idea. But it, man, there's only so many of those gigs, and I'm watching like Bobby Slowick and even Jared Johnson say, "I'm out. Like, I'm just going to stay where I'm at." I'm like, "All right, guys, I hope you get another shot when it come when that 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 wheel keeps spinning around, man." Yeah, you know what? I, I think we're in a society now where. You want to win, and you want to win right away because your shelf life as an NFL head coach isn't good. And no one wants to build anything anymore. Like that's why I kind of like Dave Canales. Like he wants to build something. But again, this is where I also have an issue with hiring a defensive head coach now. Look at Raheem Morris, for example. Zach Robb, love the hire. Love the hire as offensive coordinator. You know yeah. the Falcons turn their offense around. Zach Robinson is gone, and then he has to go back into the well and hire a guy. Right. 
So that that's the only issue there. I don't know why I'm picking on Raheem Morris as much as I am. But no, but all right. So yeah. Jeff, let's relate yeah. that to the Eagles because I, I I hear people talk about this all the time. Like the, the thought is, if the offense, you know, gets back to where it needs to be, and Kellen Moore get, will get all the props for it, he might get poached, and that's totally true, right? I don't care. I'm worried about fixing this in 2024 and getting things right and figuring it out from there. I know that sounds like myopic and short term. I don't care. I got to get it fixed now, man. I can't worry about two, three years from now. Yeah, exactly. Because Nick will probably not be here if he doesn't get it fixed. Exactly now. right. If this goes sideways, everybody's out. Yeah, they're all gone. Uh, yeah. you know, it's a it's a rebuild, and that's why like the rebuild talk is real. Like everybody says, uh, like gets on guys on WIP and talk about a rebuild. I'm like, you guys do know it's close. It, Very it's, close. If this doesn't work, you are going to rebuild. You're you're going to hire a new coach. You're going to hire a new philosophy. Your guys are in this building and they aren't going to be here anymore. That, mm-hmm. That's just the reality of the situation. It's that's what happens when you lose in the National Football League. So, yeah. you know, yeah, you have to get this fixed now and. Nick can fix this pretty simple. If they go 12 and 5, 13 and 4 next year and win a playoff game, you're not worrying about this. No, it's all good. Yeah, it's all, true. Well, all, right, all right. That said, let, let's pick up on, on Jalen because Tone and I were just discussing this a little bit earlier. How how big a fix, whatever term you want to use, is it with him? Is it tweakage? Is it, you know, some pretty major overhauls? How do you view the, the Jalen getting him back to where he was? I think the turnovers are Jalen's biggest problem last year. Uh, you know, I, I, you could be, you can have terrible throwing mechanics. You can have this, you can have that. But if you turn the football over, to me, you're pretty much useless. And he fumbled the ball seven straight times last year. And everybody goes, well, you know, they weren't recovering. I'm like, you still fumble the ball. You still put the ball on the ground. Right. Like, right. you're throwing interceptions early in the season. So, and honestly, I think last year was the outlier. I actually think he's going to be more toward the 2022 version of Jalen Hurts where he's not going to turn the football over. Because I think when you turn the football over, you start pressing a lot. You know, I saw that with Dak Prescott two years ago. It's right. it's He just kept throwing pick after pick after pick. And then it, it became, okay, now their balls are coming off defenders' hands. And uh, it's stuff like that. Then you're like, you just can't get away from it. And it just affects you and how you manage a football game. So I, I think the best thing for Jalen Hurts this year was this year getting over as much as he would never want to admit that. Uh, no one on the Eagles would ever want to admit that, but it just seemed like everything just snowballed on him from day one. And it just never looked right at all the entire season. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, Jeff, I want to get your opinion on how the Philadelphia Eagles should approach their off season. You know, their staff is beginning to fill out um, at least on the defensive side. Um, you know, later on in the show, uh, Rob, we're going to talk about, you know, the positions of uh, priority for the Philadelphia Eagles, um, you know, how they should approach free agency in the draft. Um, if you're the, if you were the GM, what's your first course of action when it comes to getting this team back on track from a personnel standpoint? You got to get players accountable and you got to get leaders in here uh, because you might be losing Butcher Cox. Uh, you might be losing Jason Kelsey. You might be losing Brandon Graham. I, I doubt they're going to lose Brandon Graham because he wants to be back, but you could be losing these guys, and you got to fix them. You, you know, AJ Brown is a is a captain on this football team, but they really show captain mentality the last month of the season. Um, you no, know, not entirely. No. Yeah, yeah, and I love AJ Brown. I, I think AJ Brown's great. He's great with the media. He's he's great with the players. Like players respect him, but you know, from the outside looking in, you're thinking, okay, like you know, you're a leader on this team, and you're kind of disappearing right now. It's not good. Like. And then you got the other end of the spectrum, Darius Slay, who just talks a little too much, uh, you know. But, again, it's all good. Uh, but I think you need, like, 
other, just different voices in there. And I think the Eagles have relied on the voices of Jason Kelsey, Butcher Cox, and Lane Johnson, those guys, for so long. By the way, I, I, I get so upset over this. I said this to Jody and John the other day. When did all of a sudden Jalen Hurts become a bad leader because they lost a couple games? To me, it hasn't changed at all. And that's a good thing, right? No, I'm with you, I'm, you, know I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, it's I, losing. That's all yeah, it is. Yeah, because let's, let's be frank about it, right? You know, I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, it kind of blows my mind, you know, where the narrative is going around Jalen Hurts because the fact of the matter is he's been the exact same player when loser draw. And typically that's the kind of guy you want. Right. You know, when you're winning, oh, we love the, the you know, the, the calm gunslinger mentality. We love how stoic he is. He's like an assassin. But then he's losing. Ah, oh, he, he's he's cocky. He's arrogant. What is that? You know, what's going on with this? He he's, he's not he, looking at the iPad. Right. 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 And, and it's like Jalen Hurts, his his side, his sideline um, body language has been pretty consistent. Now, I will say this and I will be honest in that Buccaneers game. More than ever, his body language was bothering me. Yes, because I, I felt agree there. because I felt like he gave up before the game was even over. His frustration, his frustration level was extremely high in that game, and it and it was bleeding through the bleeding through the TV screen. Now that we're here, I'm curious to know because um, you spoke on it just now. What were you seeing with with Jalen Hurts' body language in that final game, and how has that shifted or evolved your opinion of him as a quarterback? I did not like the business decision he made on the Kenny Gainwell run. And I noticed that right away. I'm like, come on, I noticed man. that right like, away, yes. But, like, yeah. dude, you're Jalen Hurts. You're the guy. Like, you know, just just coaching another sport, I tell my guys all the time, like, look, you can't do that stuff. Like, you can't single out your teammates. You can't, you know, not, not give it all because they're giving it all. And so if you're the leader of the team and you're doing that, there's probably a reason why – Dallas Goddard, whatever the situation is, I know they downplayed it, but there's a reason why people were frustrated with Jalen Hurts. And and again, it, like I don't think Jalen was accustomed to losing like that because right. he's, it's never happened. I think it was new to him. And again, he's still young. He's still only 25, but you are going to lose like that in the NFL. And yeah, I just did not like that body language in the Giants game. I did not like it in the, um, the Tampa game. And again, I just... And look, I don't mind how Jalen answers like us when we ask him questions, but I don't like you don't know what you don't know what you don't know. I'm like, you know what, Jalen, stop acting like you're the most stoic guy in the room all the time. You don't have to be. Yeah. You know, you'll have to act like you're smarter than everybody else because you know what? Those are the people that most people can't stand in life. Right. No, I, I think here's what I think, Jeff, ultimately. I don't want him being phony. Like, I don't want him all of a yeah. sudden ripping his shirt off and flipping tables. Like, that's not who he is. Yeah. Do, do I think that he can evolve as a leader? Yeah, I think all of us can. Do, do I think he could be a little bit more inclusive to his teammates? Yeah. Like, I think you could do that and understand that even when things are going south, man, it doesn't, you don't have to be unto yourself. Yeah. All the time. Also, I don't think we need five bodyguards around Jalen Hurts in the locker room all the time. I yeah. know that's, that's something he can't control, but that's something that, right. Uh, let, let's just put it this way someone who covered, who's covered the Ravens a lot and who has covered the Chiefs. That does not happen with their quarterbacks who are right now better than Jalen Hurts. Gotcha. No, okay. Like, okay. Like, I got to throw Patrick Mahomes in the locker room, and it's not a "What are you doing here?" You know that. Oh, okay, Jeff. Let's stay there for a second. You just you just opened up something for me that I'm really curious about. You know, again, you've you've been in these locker rooms. What is the environment? Um, what is the ecosystem that Jalen Hurts is cultivating right now in that locker room? It's just 
a different mentality. And maybe it is Jalen, but you know, you don't see Jalen much. And again, or is it the organization that's yeah, trying to protect? It him? could be what the organization. It? Yeah, maybe that's where I'm getting that right. Because Baltimore, after they win a playoff game or lose a playoff game, they won a playoff game over the Texans. The bar's in the corner, just like Jalen Hurts is. But you can go up to him. Patrick Mahomes is in the middle of the visitors' locker room. He's available. Like there, there's someone there, like prepping him for stuff. But you can go up to him and say, "Hey, Pat, what's going on?" You know. I can do that to Jalen, and it's like, how are you doing? But Pat will talk. Lamar will talk. Um, again, I think Jalen's got to get that. And again, uh, you know, I interviewed Patrick Brown back in 2019, 2020. He's probably groomed to do that. But maybe it's an Andy Reid thing, or maybe it's a John Harbaugh thing. You know, it's funny how they come from the same tree. So, right. Right. you know, their guys are available. Like, Travis Kelsey did not speak to us after the game on Sunday. And – a lot of people complain because, you know, he is Travis Kelsey, but he was there in the locker room and you could go up to him and probably wouldn't talk much, but he has backwards cap on and he has sunglasses on. You went up to him and say, hey, what's up, Travis? Probably would have said something back to you because he's just like his brother, but it's just a different environment sometimes, you know, right. at least with the quarterback. Let me, let me just, let me ask you generally how you feel. Like, how would you attack the defensive side of the ball, Jeff, what's, what are you prioritizing? Cause Tony and I are going to get into this in a minute, in, in a little bit, but what, what are you prioritizing first on that side to get them back to, you know, being decent even because that was awful last year defensively. Uh, running back, running back, running back. Um, what you, oh, so you're saying team wise. Yes. Team wise, team wise. Um, running back uh, is first for you. Oh, absolutely. Um, I did not like the way this team ran the football last year. And, um, I argued with so many people on Twitter about this. Did you guys, like, did everybody just ignore how bad this team was running the football after week four, lasting yards after contact? Yeah, like, yeah, they were really Like, terrible. come on, man. Like, they were first the year before. And I I haven't put it out there, but I should. This team is better with Miles Sanders running the football than they were with DeAndre Swift. They were. And, it's, again, I think DeAndre Swift needed help. He did not have that help. Uh, Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott – they didn't even use Boston Scott. So, I again, it felt like DeAndre Swift was on an island, but I would not be in a rush to keep DeAndre Swift at all. Wow. Uh, like, like, there's a reason. Look, perfect example, the Detroit Lions. How much better did they get running the football once they got rid of him? Their running game was – And Jamison Williams. And, uh-huh. by the way, J- uh, not Jamison Williams, sorry, Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams can't even play on the Saints, and he had the franchise record for touchdowns. So – DeAndre Swift was a good scat back for them. Like, he could catch a lot. The Eagles didn't even use him like that at all. And DeAndre Swift's going to get paid this offseason because people are going to look at thousand-yard rusher and 4.6 yards per carry. But I'm seeing a guy that, outside of a couple runs, I just didn't see it. I, I didn't. And I think he got to revamp that position. If you want to bring him back, awesome. Give him help. We got too enamored with he's a Philly guy. Guess what? I don't care if he's a Philly guy. Didn't help you win football games last year. All right, but that said, though, Jeff, you're going to prioritize that position when you said a little bit earlier, this cat they just brought in, Kellen Moore, is not going to run the ball a ton. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. Like, they're not going to, they're not going to run the ball. So I agree with you, Rob. It's, but they need to, they need to get better running the football, no matter what, whether they run the ball or not. They need to, you just can't go in there with what you had last year. Because okay. guess what? Pass the pass the score, run the win. 
you're going to have to run the ball to preserve a lead at some point. And last year they could do that. This year they couldn't. And again, I still don't even think they use DeAndre Swift right at all. But hmm. if you bring him back, you you got to get him somehow. Like yeah. in the draft, some something. If I could sneak one more in on you, Jeff, um, where do you place the Philadelphia Eagles right now in the NFC today? Um, obviously the playoffs are still going on, but um, just based on everything we've seen, where would you rank the Philadelphia Eagles today in the NFC? Well, 49ers are one. I think Cowboys are better than them, too, unfortunately. Um, so I go them. Packers are getting up there. I go 49ers, Detroit. I know it's shocked because they were doing the NFC Championship game. I go Packers three. I think I go Cowboys four. Because I think Cowboys are going to be a disaster next year because Jerry Jones just doesn't know how to keep his mouth shut. Um, or or they'll just fade in the playoffs. Like Do you don't think it's good that he's talking about how he could really get along with Belichick? Oh, oh yeah, you know, yeah, coach? Yeah, yeah, you're Mike McCarthy. You must really love that. Or, you know, everybody's family member, everybody and their sister seems to hate Dak Prescott now. Oh. Like, I, I, by the way, C.D. Lamb, I would tell every family member for C.D. Lamb to just shut up. Like, you had 137 catches last year right. because of Dak. Yeah, Dak throws and you you're the complaining ball. about Dak Prescott. Uh, yeah, like Mike Apart. Who, who cares? He's on the other side of the ball. Like uh, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, like you can't you can't be doing this to this guy. Like, you know, whether you like Dak Prescott or not, it's not a bad dude. Yeah. Like the only thing I don't like about Dak Dak Prescott is the every time he scores a touchdown, he always does the look at me, I'm Dak thing, which you know is it it at him, and I think that's what people like about him. But it's also a really bad look when you're losing. So yeah. again. It, you know, if we're talking about Jalen's demeanor here. I mean, could be worse. So, um, Eagles, what, six, maybe? I think the Rams are better than them. Mm. Yeah, because I think Rob, I think Rob had the Eagles at six. I, I had him at six yesterday. We I have him at, I had him at seven. I have that's fair too. Yeah, yeah I had Niners one, Lions two, Cowboys three, Packers four. Rams five, Bucks six, Eagles seven, Seahawks. Yeah, yeah, eight. I, yeah. I mean, how can you say the the Eagles are better than the Bucks right now when the Bucks just trounced them? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's kind of hard. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's pretty. Much, the, the Eagles have a lot of work to do this off season, and um, I'm man, I just have a hard time seeing the bright side of things for Nick Sirianni, and you know, you know, at the you know at the end of the road, I just I, don't, you, I have a hard time seeing it. The bright side things are Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith. That's what the bright side thing. And, and, and still and a really good offensive line. line. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. It's you know Jalen's gonna be back. There's too much yeah. of this. Will AJ Brown be back? Well, are you serious? Like, you're really gonna trade this guy? Like, come on, man! Like, I, I don't, don't get you this. think? I don't do, get it. Don't, don't you think there are? Don't you think there's going to be some? T- and again, I'm not saying AJ Brown has to be one of them. But don't you think there's going to be some tough decisions that have to be made over the course of the next two years in order for them to get enough assets to rebuild this defense the right way and not you rely draft, on you draft well? You don't have to worry about this. But and, and, but isn't that a concern of yours right now, especially with? the Eagles' history in drafting defensive personnel? You know what? They draft the wrong defensive personnel. I, look, I love Jordan Davis. Should have drafted Kyle Hamilton. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I think everybody knew, like, Kyle Hamilton was going to be this good. It, it wasn't a shocker. And he was right there. He just did do it. You know, you're the – Rob, you remember it. What year was Ray Lewis drafted? 96? Yeah. I don't remember the Eagles drafted it with him. 96? Yeah. Is that Mayberry? Is that Mayberry? Mamula was 95. Yeah, Mamula was 95. That was over Sap and a bunch of those guys. 
I, I feel like uh, Jermaine Mayberry was 96. Or you said you said 96. So yeah, in, in, in 1996, the Philadelphia Eagles drafted Jeremy Mayberry in the first round. Jermaine Mayberry. Good yeah, call. Yeah, yeah, Jermaine, Jermaine Mayberry. Who, who was a pro bowler, but he was a pro bowler under Andy Reid. And by he, the way. He was they, solid. He wasn't yeah. great. He was yeah, and, and they drafted him to be a tackle. He was a better guard than That's he was a tackle. correct. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, remember uh, they were going with uh, Barrett at the time. <laughs> yeah, Barrett <laughs> Brooks. Tackle. Yeah. That's so, right. I mean, they had a lot of misses in the Ray Rhodes era, by the way. I mean, wow, Ray Lewis was drafted a pick later. Wow. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, see, they, they pass on these guys. He they, was considered undersized uh, coming out, and believe it or yeah. not. That was the knock. What, what I don't like about the Eagles are sometimes they have this high and mighty approach. We want Super Bowl in 2017, and we're looking to get back there. I'm like, well, guess what? I, You know, and Eagles fans got mad at me for saying this. They're like, well, when the Ravens come to preeminent organization. I'm like, they've always been that. Don't you get it? They draft people. They won two Super Bowls. Like, they're always in it. They, they, they always been run well. The only time they lose is when Lamar Jackson gets hurt. Why do you think they have this mentality, though? I mean, and I, and I know, no, the Eagles, yeah, and I know we're yeah. keeping you over time, Jeff, but you know, I feel like we're cooking with, I feel like we're cooking with gas right now. Oh, we are cooking. Uh, why, why, why do you think the Philadelphia Eagles have this mentality of holier than thou when they have such a small sample size in the grand scheme of the NFL when it comes to success in the Super Bowl? I'm trying to understand where this ego comes from. I mean, they are a top seven franchises yes yes they are but 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 they act like they're higher and which is fine but you're not the chiefs like heaven forbid you mention andy Reid and the chiefs like i i I do agree with joe DeCamera. by the way i think i'd rather take 11 more years of andy Reid than what they got and honestly they're they're lucky they got their super bowl before we did because my biggest fear actually did come true last year. Andy Reid was going to beat them in the Super Bowl. I just thought Andy Reid would do it before they actually won one. So it softened the blow. But the Chiefs are well run. The Ravens are well run. The 49ers are well run. That's why they keep going to where they're going. Like, people don't like the way the 49ers act. I, I am one of them. But they win. They've been the four conference championship games in five years. What's the key difference between the Eagles and those organizations you mentioned? What's the key difference to you? Consistency in drafting. Like, 49ers drafted Fred Warner. Well, dra- happy birthday, Tom. Happy yeah, birthday. Yeah, 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 that, that was strange. Yeah, that, that was really strange. Is that your birthday, I, I, have, I have no idea what happened just now. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I have no idea what happened just now. Yeah, Tom, I just your thought point like, Jager- so good. You got balloons for it, Tom. Good oh job. Oh, my man. God. Yeah. Tom, I just thought Jager- what the heck was that, that, man? Yo, listen. I don't know what I did with my <laughs> My hands are like right we're gonna have to have you like hands up the rest of the show. But, oh but, my god! But seriously though, look at who the 49ers draft. Look at their homegrown products. You know, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayu, Brock Purdy. Yeah, and like people want crap on them, but guess what? Brock Purdy, mystery relevant. It was one of the better quarterbacks in football this year. I don't but care. That's what it is, Jeff. I don't yeah. think it's just as simple as consistency. I think I think in I think very specifically those teams draft significantly better than the Philadelphia Eagles. They do. And, and that's Eagles, why their foundation the has remained fi- intact. The Eagles are fine drafting. Here's the Eagles' problem. You got to retain guys you find, like TJ Edwards. TJ Edwards. Yes. Yes, Jeff. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. And, and, and there's certain spots they don't see well. They don't see defensive backs well, corners in particular. It's a, it's a blind spot kind of position for them, which means you got to get free agents and make trades. It, it, that's it's, that's it's where other teams too. are more consistent than them. It's funny too. Like I, I, 
the teams that are in the Super Bowl right now are stacked at linebacker. Stacked. Three of the four conference championship teams stacked at linebacker. Like, people don't know who Drew Tranquil is. They should. He's what a is, good What a game he had Sunday. Yeah, Nick Bolton is a stud. Like, look at what the Chiefs did drafting. Nick. No one notices that. Like, yeah. these guys that they're drafting. McDuffie's a, a, yeah. a guy that doesn't get enough love in Detroit is um, Anzalone, that linebacker. He's yeah. solid. He's a solid linebacker. He'd be the best linebacker on the Eagles. He has his deficiencies. Of course. By the way, he's a local kid. He went. Yeah, he's from uh, why missing? Berks, Berks County, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I guess I covered him when he was in high school. Hmm. <laughs> I guess my overall point is for the Philadelphia Eagles, you cannot be this married to your process where you're ignoring guys that you found, developed, and you're letting them walk out the door for six million. It makes no sense to me at all. And you I can't... think that. I think that's a problem with this team sometimes. Like, if you look at the secondary, Slay, trade, Bradbury, free agent, buyer, trade, blanket ship you found, undrafted. Okay, cool. Um, you know, Avante Maddox, you, you did draft. Like, he's solid. Um, you know, could have been could have been a lot better. L- linebackers, you picked up off the street. N'Kobe Dean got hurt. You, we don't know what he is yet. I mean, really, you're the, the backbone of your team, at least in terms of drafting, is defensive line. Josh Sweat did draft it. Brandon Graham drafted it. Butch Cox did draft it. Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter. That's how you're supposed to build a football team. Like, people want to, like, just crap on Davis and Carter and, and like, the, how they think. I'm like, I feel a lot better about them because they're homegrown products. Like, they're, they're bought into the culture. And they're bringing their own culture in there, which is good. Um, that's why I thought the offense did so well because – you drafted a Jalen Hurts. You drafted Devonta Smith. You drafted a Dallas Goddard. You drafted all these guys, and you drafted uh, Miles Sanders. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jormalai, you drafted. Jason Kelsey, you drafted. Uh, Lane Johnson. Yeah, Lane, Lane Johnson. Cam, Cam Jurgens, Isaac Samal before that. Exactly. Right. Lane Dickerson. It's that's how you build your football team. You build it through the draft. Boy, Niners do it. The Ravens constantly do it. And guess what? The Chiefs do it too. Mm-hmm. All right. La- last one, Jeff. And thanks for the extra time, man. Yeah, appreciate for real, it. Jeff. I-, I really appreciate you for uh, bearing with me, man. I- I've been trying to get a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. I, love- I have a lot of pent up frustration when it comes to this organization There's right now. There's balloons coming. We don't know what's happening. Yeah, point, yeah. But- you know what? This time it- it- it's your unbirthday and you just don't know. <laughs> That's right. It's your unbirthday. Um, all right. Last one. Who-, who wins the Super Bowl, Jeff? 49ers Chiefs. I never pick against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I just can't do it. I, I can't. I, yeah, I'm done doing it. Yeah, the, 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 the childhood Andy Reid fan in me just sticks out like a sore thumb. Okay. I, I, I told a couple of Chiefs players, it's like, guys, no, I can't pick against you. I don't care who they play. And I'm like, I just can't do it. And, you know, I should have known last year. But, again, I, I go with the whole trenches thing. Oh, the Eagles got the better matchup, even though the Chiefs offensive line's the best. Offensive line, that defensive face all year, they'll still get the Patrick. Eh, they did not get the Patrick Mahomes last They okay. they did not. And I, I think the only time I ever picked against Mahomes and Reed was that Bucks Super Bowl. Because I said, she's eh, offensive line, they do good. Uh, I, I that, that was the whole game. That was that the, was the game. game. Yeah, I guess what? The Chiefs are loaded on the offensive line, by the way. Like, Jawan Taylor is no Orlando Brown. He's still solid. Like, Nick Allegretti is a good replacement for Joe Tooney, but they need Joe Tooney to play. Reed Humphrey and Trey Smith are their locks. And the 49ers defensive line just isn't getting the pressure yeah. they need to get. Um, you know, with all those studs they have there. Like if Nick Bosa could be the game wrecker he is, and I know he can be, it's gonna be a game. But you just can't bet against Mahomes. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm done doing it. I'm done doing it, Jeff. I bet on one way too many times this year. I'm you know what? By, by the way, that while I'm getting stuff off my chest, it bugs me how much people do not like Patrick Mahomes. Oh, he whines all the time. I'm like, 
No, he doesn't. Like, you just hate him because he's good. And you hate the Chiefs because they're good. They're the new Patriots. Yeah, I I, I think Mahomes is, is a, I like him. frankly, a very likable guy. He uh, is a likable guy. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, I think not like him. I mean, I mean I, if you just want to hate because he's not on your team, whatever. But he is a very likable guy, personally. I mean, the second Andy Reid moved up and traded, traded it, it changed him, everything, man. Yeah, yeah I, I said yeah. this guy's going to be good just because Andy Reid picked him. Like, yep. I, I, it's kind of crazy how now, like, the narrative has changed on Reid so much. Like, oh, he won with Donovan. Like, everybody acts like Donovan sucked. Like, come on, man. The guy has the most playoff wins without winning a Super Bowl. They won. Like, he won with Alex Smith. He's won with God. He won with Kevin Cobb. Like, he yeah. just wins. So now you give him a superstar, and you're seeing the results. I'm telling you, man, everybody calls Belichick the GOAT. He didn't read catching them. Yeah, final, your final one for me, Jeff, and I'll let you go. Um, the, 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 did the Eagles make a mistake moving on from Andy Reid? Do you believe that was a mistake, or do you feel like that was a situation where, you know what, for 14 years is a long time. Maybe, maybe everyone needs a, a change of pace. It had to be done, but in the grand scheme of things, it was a mistake because it is Andy Reid. But look, Andy Reid grew leaving Philadelphia. And I think everybody kind of knew that. Like, he was going to be better leaving Philadelphia and winning some. Like, I I still say the same about a guy like Mike Tomlin. He's been in Pittsburgh too long. You get him somewhere else. Like, say, for all intents and purposes, Steelers move on from Mike Tomlin and the Eagles move on from Nick Sirianni. Wouldn't you take Mike Tomlin in a second? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, and when you think Mike Tomlin would win big somewhere else, like, yes. I, I, yeah. So that's how you got to look at it. Uh, I, and I, I think that's what it was. Like the Chiefs, I don't even think it took them 24 hours to hire Andy. I, I right. think it was, they're getting, Andy Reid, the fewest amount of games he's won, but the Chiefs has been nine. Nine in the season. Incredible. He's mm-hmm. won. The Chiefs have won more AFC West titles in the last eight years than they did in their entire history. Franchise history. It's, it's insane what the, what they're able to do. Like, everybody says how cocky Chiefs fans are. I'm like, they have a right to be cocky. Like, because, guy, I guarantee you this. If the Eagles did what they did, we would never. We'll be talking never, so much least. shit, Jeff. Yes. Yes. Let's be honest. No I'll be I'll, I'll be doing a show with sunglasses every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, do you imagine if this city ever gets a dynasty in anything? I don't know that we can handle it. I yeah. don't know we can either. Like, we were yeah. close with the Phillies. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, did you know all of a sudden the Phillies are a bad, badly run organization? Like, come on. Like, uh, listen, it's the, the off season, man. Spoiled. People need things to talk about. It's off yeah. season. Yeah, they're badly run. Yeah, I know. And you know, Joe and Beads all of a sudden the choker again. I've heard that one too. <laughs> Come on. Well, that knee's choking, I tell you that. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you who's choking it for him, Adam Silver. Come on. Oh, uh, the 65 game thing. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. When you need a threshold to win an award, a mandatory threshold, that award ain't worth winning. I'm yeah. sorry. When mm. you make up a stat so a guy can win an award because he can't play defense, that's a joke to me. I'm sorry. Yeah. It, it just is. Like, I, mm. everybody made such a big deal about Joel winning the MVP last year. I'm like, I don't care about that award anymore. Yeah. Like, the, the two most valuable play, the two real most valuable player awards in sports are baseball and football. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you, Jeff. Yeah, keep true. up the good work, brother. Uh, follow <laughs> Jeff on Twitter, and he's a great follow. Okay, at definitely Jeff Kerr CBS, and of course all of his work at CBS Sports. 
Jacob.com. And you can hear him here on, on Jacob as well. Jeff, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for a couple minutes. Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah, no problem, Bob. I'm always glad to rant with you guys. I know. Always, I hope we helped. I, we <laughs> hope you're feeling better now. You got a lot right. off your chest. You know what? This is, this is what happens when you coach a basketball game and you lose in a controversial way. You're all fired up the next day after watching the game. Oh, my God. Jeff and I used to rant every morning at 6 a.m., man. It'd be hilarious. Oh, it was great. You know what? Tony and I would go on before we did Good Morning MC East. I think we complained about for 10 minutes about just stuff. We're like, you know what? This is a show today. Forget it. Yeah. Exactly right. That's exactly Jeff, right. Jeff, man, I appreciate you, man. It's always Thanks, a pleasure. Jeff. Good yeah. catching up, brother. Jeff, sounds good. All right, man. You got it, Jeff Kerr. That was, that was some fire there, Tone. Oh, no, man. So listen, Jeff's the kind of guy, once you tee him up, that's it. Listen, man, that ball may not come down, man. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love you. All right, let's come back. We'll continue with the Eagles discussion when we return. Don't go anywhere. That's Tone. I'm Rob. Right, let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances is absolutely critical. I can tell you from personal experience, someone I trust, my finance, finances is Jim and Principal Financial Group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business and you need help with your employee benefits, getting them off the ground. That is another resource that Jim can help you with. I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. He's also just a great sounding board and resource if you have any questions regarding anything uh, with your with your financial situation. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751. And you can also email him as well, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray. That's Jim at Principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving them up and good play calling along the way. Perfect goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Rob Ellis, Tony Shields, hanging with you on this Wednesday. Hope you are doing well. All right, let me hit you with a couple things here, Tone. I thought it was interesting. Um, one, uh, Travis Kelsey on the New Heights podcast with his brother, Jason, talking about Nick Sirianni, okay? Oh, here we and, go. And the notion of, uh, you know, how, how is he going to be as a CEO, as, as an overseer of everything? He said, quote, Sirianni – uh, coaches things up in teams, team meetings and holds people accountable better than pretty much any coach I've ever been around. Nick has a lot to bring uh, to the table of value as a head coach and the organizational leadership he provides for the team. So, you know, the, and this these is Jason guys, saying this, Jason saying this. So, Jay, you know, again, I, the, the reason I bring this up is, and I know some Eagles fans are, are, are going to you know cynically say, well, what else is he going to say? You don't have to go to this extent. You really don't. Um, you know, he Kelsey went on to say, "There's a lot of you know, what does he do?" Talk about Sirianni. I think you know what. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like it's like I, I, just that statement is hilarious. Yeah, right. What is now, it? What is it that you do here again? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the head coach of a football of an NFL team. Um, the other thing that I thought was interesting is you have both. Um, AJ Brown and um, Devontae Smith are on Up and Adams with Kay Adams. Right, yeah, yeah. They they are supposed to be on that today, right? Yes, correct, correct. Um, so AJ was asked um, about scrubbing his social media, uh, if you remember from of all Eagle stuff and yeah. NFL stuff or whatever. Um, so he he said basically flat out like this wasn't about in any way, shape, or form, uh, about unhappiness, wanting to be away from the Eagles. He said, quote, uh, that has nothing to do with football. That's just me trying to grow as a person. I'm just trying to block out any ne- negativity that I can. So, again, take all of it with a grain of salt. Believe what you want to believe. I'm just giving you, you know, coming right from the horse's mouth, what, what these guys are saying regarding Sirianni, what AJ's saying regarding himself. Yeah, it's, that's interesting. You know, so I'm, I'm looking at some stuff now. Devontae said something really interesting. Um, yeah, so sure. I think uh, I think uh, Kay asked him about, you know, what's you know what's he asking for from the new OC? You know, what's his expectation? And basically, in so many words, he said, uh, just let us do what we do. Like anybody else would say, just get us the ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, this is. 
I think AJ, listen, AJ Brown is a good teammate, man. Yeah. AJ Brown is a good teammate. And, you know, I, I, I think it's important that, you know, I make my position clear when it comes to AJ Brown. Cause I think, I think there's a misconception out there that people think I want, I want to trade AJ Brown. And I don't. I love everything about his game. I love what he brings to the table. He helped the quarterback develop. He, 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 he made the Eagles offense that much more lethal. He was the missing link. Um, I, I, I love everything about AJ Brown's game. He's the best. He's the best wide receiver to ever play for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm sorry, you know. Like, I know some people will say, "Well, To was I, I can't even put To in there because it didn't even last as this long." You know uh, yeah, some might say old school Harold Carmichael or Tommy McDonald who were Hall of Famers, but I got you. I get what you're saying. I mean, no disrespect. That yeah. boy AJ Brown different. Yeah, I don't mean no disrespect. Um, AJ Brown is something else. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. I would love for AJ Brown to finish his career here. I would love for all that, but I'm also looking at it from the perspective of the of the Philadelphia Eagles and their organization um, that's weighing all options, whether if it's been reported or rumored or not at all. They're, they're they're looking at every possible way that they can make this team better, even if it means taking a step back so they can take three or two steps forward. Um, is AJ Brown on the list of things they're looking at? I don't know, mm-hmm. but you know when I look at teams like the Chiefs who weren't afraid to trade Tyreek Hill. When I look at the Packers, who weren't afraid to trade Devontae Adams when they had a young quarterback that they were trying to develop. When I, when I see all that happening, and, 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 I, and I see what they were able to make out of it, get enough talent on defense, so, you know, you know, some young talent on offense. I see what the Seahawks did trading Russell Wilson and flipping that into guys like Tyreek Willen, Kenneth Walker, uh, Kenneth Walker and Devin Willispoon, however you want to slice it. They made certain – they made – huge sacrifices that many people questioned but they managed to end up on the right side of things because they drafted well so um i'm just looking at all scenarios when it comes to the philadelphia eagles and i don't know if aj brown is going to be a part of that equation i have no idea but i love everything about his game and i love him as a philadelphia eagle yeah look i think he's staying i don't think I get your your point yesterday was basically it's just going to be a challenge to to sign both guys to that kind of money. I, it, I, it, it it is going to be a challenge, sure, and and we and we we've never seen it. We yeah. I can't think of any organization in the NFL right now that's paying two wide receivers north of twenty million dollars. Yeah, I mean the only thing I would I, I would say is if there's anybody who can pull it off, it's Howie. You know, if there's anybody who can maneuver a cap and and figure out a way to to slot the money. That'll that'll allow yeah. them to do it. It'll be him. I mean, it, I, I just it's, it's just going to be it's just going to be complicated because when you think about what their other needs, you're going to pay have to pay Landon Dickerson. Yeah. Um. Eventually, that eventually you're going to have to make a decision about Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter's contract. It's just a lot of decisions have to be made, and I just know none of these decisions are going to be easy. Yeah. And that and, and that's all I'm trying to acknowledge that tough decisions are coming. Yeah, no, I, I got you. I got you. Um, all right, a couple other things. Brian Johnson uh, will interview with the Bucks for their offensive coordinator gig. Um, so that was interesting. I, I wanted to swing back to something else, and, and I was surprised. I think you were, too, when we were talking to Jeff Kerr in the last segment. I, I asked him more of a specific defensive question, you know, where would you start there? But he 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 took it as overall what he would prioritize. Mm-hmm. I was very surprised when he said running back. I'm, I'm surprised just, too. I'm surprised I'm by surprised. that. Yeah. Like I'm in general, I'm surprised by that answer, especially in this day and age with an offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore who doesn't run a ton. I was surprised by that, but that, that leads into something I think interesting here, Tony. So yeah. 
DeAndre Swift's a free agent. He was quoted as saying, I'm just getting started. You know, he was clearing out his locker, you know, et cetera. 25 years old, over 1,000 yards, 4.6 yards per carry, uh, you know, 39 catches. All right. But th- this is this was from uh, Ruben Frank from NBC Sports Philadelphia, and I thought this was very interesting. Since 2017, the Eagles have allotted $29.3 million in salary cap to the running back position. That's the Ooh. second fewest amount of dollars allocated to the position. So they've spent the second fewest amount of money, so the second lowest amount of money wow. of anybody in the league on running back. The last big deal they gave a running back, Shady McCoy. So we're going back a long time. Shady McCoy in 2012, they gave him four years, $25 million. Mm-hmm. So – you know, again, it probably doesn't bode well for Swift. But the only thing I would say is, and I think you have it in front of you, this is a loaded running back. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Free agent class, which means, you know, there may not be a lot of suitors who are, who are willing to put up, you know, pay a lot of money. I mean, I know Derrick Henry's not what he was, right? Granted, he's still a hell of a running back. Josh Jacobs is a beast. Saquon Barkley, you know, Pollard, eh, I don't love Pollard. He's okay. Austin Eckler is a really good dual running back. He can stay healthy, right? There's there's some pretty good dudes up there, especially up top. Yeah, you know? there's a lot of names on here. Um, there's a lot of names. The, the market is heavily saturated. Gus with, Edwards uh, is good. Yeah, and, you know, the, here here's – I don't think DeAndre Swift is coming back for one. Um, I think they're going to probably draft a running back. Um, cheap yeah, deal, probably super third, fourth round, which will be super cheap, right? Third or fourth round that makes the most sense, in my opinion. Uh, I just don't see where they fit in in this market. The Philadelphia Eagles, um, they're, they're going to need a running back in some shape, way, or form. See, now stylistically, um, what kind of running back do we think they would, they would go for? Um, in this in this new Kellen Moore offense that we really don't know what it's going to look like under Jalen Hurts because we've never seen Kellen Moore with this kind of quarterback. So I know Kellen Moore, and look, he, he's an intelligent individual. He clearly knows what he's doing. Is he going to do the same things he did in Dallas and Philadelphia or the same things he did in L.A. and Philadelphia? No, because he has a different quarterback. Do I think he's smart enough to be able to come up with a concoction or a Molotov of, um, things to do with Jalen Hurts, I would like to think so. I mean, he has a proven track record of you know being a, a pretty smart guy in his league and so on and so forth. He's known for that. Um, he's had he's had head coaching interviews before, so that's that that's going to be the thing I'm paying attention to. How does he utilize the weapons? How does he utilize the running backs? And um, obviously, I feel like all that stuff is still being ironed out. But based off their personnel decisions, it's going to tell us a little bit about the direction they're going especially with that running back position. You know, what do you say to that? Uh, yeah, I, I do too. I I, I I always think they favor uh, running backs with versatility, 
who could catch the ball. I, I, I always thought that. Now, they didn't utilize, in my opinion, a strength of Swift's, which was catching the ball a little bit more, but I still think they mm-hmm. like that kind of back. I mean, ideally, you have a guy who you don't have to take off the field who can also give you pass protection. And that's been a problem for the Eagles the last few years is not having, you know, that guy as well. So, you know, are those guys easy to find that they're that sort of triple threat? No, uh, they're not easy to find. But, um, you know, I think one of the other things I would like to see from them, Tone, whoever they end up with, whether it's a draft or free agency, mm-hmm. I want the complimentary back to be a bigger guy if that if the dude that they draft isn't the biggest guy in the world. Man. You know what I'm saying? Um, like we, we no, went. No, you're right. I, I don't. It's like I know they love Gainwell. I, 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 you know, but like to me, I would like a bigger guy as the as the as the as the option. I want to. Yeah, I feel you. I want someone with the, with a nice combination of power and uh, speed. Um, listen to this though. Yeah. Going into the 2024 uh, off season, right? Did you, did you know the Philadelphia Eagles are ranked last in? Running back cap dollars or dollars against the cap. For well, the that, would, back. that would play right into that 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 stat we just gave you. As yeah. a matter of fact, this is what this is what I'll do for you, because I think you need to see this to believe this. This okay. thing is this thing is insane. So, <clears throat> as of right now, this is how this is how the Philadelphia Eagles have allocated resources based off of the position groups. So okay, okay. so as of right now, one point nine in the last two years or last. This is just last year or what? What is it? This is this is the 2024 season. Okay. All these numbers reflect 2024. Now I can go back to 2023. Next year. Yes. This is going into 2020. Yes. This is going into the next season. So now right now they have 0.79% of their cap dedicated to the running back position. Right, right. Because it's only dead two, last. Right. There's only two guys officially on the roster right now. Um, obviously Boston Scott is off the roster it's because he's a free agent. It's right? just Gainwell and somebody else. Um, as a matter of fact, it's Gainwell and Lou Nichols the third, some practice squad guy. Wow. Um so yeah, wow. they're, they they literally have less less than one percent of their cap is dedicated to the running back position. But let's go to twenty twenty three. You know, right. just you know, just to really give it um as some context for you know for the season that we just that we just witnessed. So in twenty twenty three, the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh my god! In twenty twenty three, they allocated two point two point two three percent of their cap to the running back position, which is ranked twenty fifth in the NFL. Hmm. You know what also stands out to me? It's the last year you got a quarterback on the cheap, because that that bad boy kicks in in twenty four. Where it does, to, it, it does. But remember, yeah. those cap hits for Jalen Hurts aren't actually um, that astronomical, right? Um, when you think about the type of contract he has, yeah, uh, it's pretty favorable because they, because they they gave him a lot of that money up front, right? Which I which I respect. Yeah. Um, going into twenty twenty four, so so in twenty twenty three. They were ranked 25th when it came to quarterback um, allocation of the cap. Yeah. So they they had 8.8 million dollars towards the cap when it came to uh, between three um, quarterbacks. Hmm. Not bad. Now going into the 2024 season, which is going, which is which really going to matter when it comes to the quarterback position. It says here, they still have, not terrible. It's I still mean, not bad. They yeah, have 17.5 million dollars going against the cap. When yeah. it comes to the quarterback position between three guys, that's seven yeah. that's seven percent of the cap, which is ranked nineteenth in the NFL. Not bad for paying a guy fifty million dollars. Look, look, here's the one you look at. Look at secondary, fifty one million in 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 an, a pretty damn bad secondary. Agree. Look at this. That's fifth 50, highest in the NFL. Fifth highest. That's Jeez. going. That, that's going into twenty twenty four. Man, 
they have the, they're pay, they're paying their 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 secondary the fifth most in the yeah, NFL. That's a problem, man. That's a major problem, right? That's twenty percent of your cap. That's more. You're spending more in your secondary than in the offensive line, and your secondary sucks. That's really. I mean, think about it. Honest to God, like serious question here. If I said to you, Slay Bradbury, Maddox, uh, Blankenship. I don't know, throw Bayard in there just for kicks. If I said to you, every one of those guys was gone, not one person would bat an eye at any of them. You know, and I know Slay's still okay. He's okay. Blank but chip's okay. I know people, I know people who's ready to move off Slay. I know. I, I, but I'm I'm looking at it like he's he's the lesser of two evils with Bradbury. Oh, so absolutely. He, absolutely. He survives that. Uh, uh, again, I'm okay if Blanket Chip is here, but I got to get somebody good next to him. Yeah. I don't trust Maddox. You know, I, I, I'm with you. We talked about this yesterday. Like, I like Ringo. I like Ricks. But, you know, I still don't know whether they're going to be guys or not. That's a problem. Secondary is a big problem. Yeah, let's really get deeper to the deeper to the nitty-gritty here. So, when it comes to corners, this is how the money is broken down between the corners going into 2024. Darius Slay has a $10.9 million cap hit. Devontae Maddox, 9.6 million. James Bradbury, 4.8 million. Zach McPherson, 1.2. Killy Ringo, 1.1. Isaiah Rogers, who I'm looking forward to seeing play. I hope he can play. Um, I hope he can play as well. I know the Eagles have been they had him in the cryo, the, the, the hyperbolic time chamber, just <laughs> you know, just uh, you know, just sitting on ice. Yeah. Um, but look, man, what makes what makes these situations so egregious is the fact that Darius Slay. He has a he has a dead cap hit as of right now. Yeah. His dead cap hit <clears throat> in 2024 is 35 million dollars. If if you what's decide Brad, what's Bradbury? Ooh, Bradbury's is not that high, but it's pretty it's like high. 17, isn't it? It's uh 17, so it's half. It's basically half. Yeah, Slay's not going anywhere. They're gonna have to eat that 17. Yeah, I think I think when it comes to Bradbury, they're gonna they're gonna eat that. They're going to have to eat it. I think they're going to find a way to tweak it or somehow. Maybe he won't even agree to that. I think they're just going to eat it. There's no way you can you can go another season keeping Bradbury on this roster. J- Slay, he's going to be here next year wow. or, or, or in 2024. But when it comes to Bradbury, my, well, my game plan, because here's my perfect vision. Off Bradbury, keep Slay, draft a corner in the first round, or at least in the first two rounds, that's a you know that's a that's of high quality, and then you go into the season with the competition. Okay, mm-hmm. Slay, you know Slay's our our starter. Yep. That, you know that you know that corner opposite of him. Hey, Ringo, Ricks, whoever they draft. You know, because because Ringo is a fascinating prospect. I love his athleticism. Mm-hmm. I love I love his I love the length, the body type. He needs to get a little bit more flexible. Um, needs to have uh, better feet. Sometimes it could be a little flat-footed, but he's a fascinating prospect that has intriguing traits. What's going to be their move at that position? That's my perfect scenario. I, 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 guy I, okay, and make him I, be- I believe this. I think they use their first-round pick on a corner. I 100% believe that. And they may end up trading up because they have they have you know, a couple – I think it's like a couple third-round or whatever – I think they may end up moving up uh, and drafting a, a corner, a guy who they really like, really mm-hmm. high. I think it's going to be a heavy, with the exception, 
I think with the exception of running back, who they'll grab maybe in the third or fourth round, I think it's going to be defense heavy early. I think they'll sign a receiver in free agency to be the number three receiver. I think they'll try to upgrade the number two tight end position on offense. But I think most of the concentration of this draft is going to be on defense. And I think the priority one is going to be corner. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to the safety position, Kevin Byard has a cap hit of 14.2 million. Sydney but, Brown, 1.3. Reed Blankenship. But can't they get out of that one? The buyer yes. one? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, don't let that number intimidate you guys, Eagles fans. So um, I was talking to John McMillan about this. Um, in order to avoid picking up that money, they would have to cut him before June 1st, I think. Oh, that's or coming. Before, yeah. So That's coming. Um, and, and and if you wait till after June 1st for for Bradbury, it's less of it. You can spread it out over 24 and 25. Exactly. Exactly. So – um, the dead cap hit for Kevin Byard right now is only 700k. Yeah, that's whatever. I mean, they, they, they're going to cut him. Yes, that's that's a foregone conclusion. But overall, like we mentioned, Rob, they're going to have to make some tough decisions, and they're going to figure out how they're going to spend these resources. Like, look, let's 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 look about this right edge. Hassan Reddick, his cap hit is 21.3 million. That's eight. That's eight percent of your. That's almost nine percent of your cap. Yep. Josh Sweat, cap hit of nine million. Um, Brandon Graham, um, is he still in the books for seven point nine? I guess I'm not entirely sure. Um, Nolan Smith, two point seven. Mm-hmm. And then you got the end. You got the ends with Josh Sweat, nine million. So what? What do you have? Why they got listed twice? Anyway, um, nonetheless, Hassan Reddick's dead cap hit. Hassan Reddick's dead cap hit in 2024 is 19 million. Mm-hmm. So Hassan Reddick is the most fascinating prospect, in my opinion, because I really don't know if he's going to be here. They can they can definitely tr- trade him or find a way to move him. I don't know, though. I don't know. I like Hassan Reddick. I like I love his production, but they need to use him properly. They can't keep dropping him back. You know, yeah, and you know what? Um, I, I'll see if I can find the stat for you. Oh, actually, I'll pull it up for you right now. I I was not loving this when I saw this yesterday. So Clint Hurt, who is the new uh, D line coach, our guy, who 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 is you know gigantic. Mm-hmm. So um, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. All right. So Clint Hurt last year, uh, his trend um, was to drop his defensive lineman into coverage a good amount. Um, I'm sorry. Here it is. The, I'm, I'm sorry. This was, uh, the, this was, uh, Vic Fangio. The Dolphins dropped, dropped their edge players into coverage 159 times last season, according to pro football focus. Um, so the, he has, and that, that's a, that's a pretty high number. I don't know exactly where that ranks, but it's pretty high in general. That concerns me. I'll tell you right now that concerns me. I I'm hoping that he thought his personnel was capable of handling that. And he realizes that his personnel here is not capable of handling. That. Right. I think that's the difference. Um, the Miami Dolphins clearly have better personnel yeah. on the edge. Um, that were suited for that. They were suited for that. You yeah. know, Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips, they had that skill set. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and also Clint Hurt, one thing that he's on record saying, I don't like my big guys going backwards. Good. That's one thing he's on record saying. Good. Now, I don't know if he said that coming into this new situation, 
but he but that's that that that's on record of him to speaking of his defensive line in that regard. He doesn't like his big guys going backwards. Yeah. All right. Do you have a do you have a metric on what the Seahawks uh, how often they drop back there? No, um, but I'll find it. guys. Because I think because I think that's going to be telling as well. I agree with you. Because remember, right. Fangio, you don't he doesn't he doesn't Fangio's fingerprints are all over these new guys, Clint Hurt and Carl Scott. You don't you don't bring those guys in if you don't believe that you guys can find some kind of marriage in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's um let's do this. Let's come back and we're gonna we're gonna go through it and prioritize where we would go position wise. I, I tip my hand a little bit with corner, but I, I want to get your take on it. What would be second? What would be third? What would be fourth, fifth, sixth? Mm-hmm. We'll walk through what we think the most important position for the Eagles to address is um, this offseason. We'll do that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis, hanging with you on this Wednesday. Let's talk about pro-action restoration. Yeah, uh, if you have a home business property that you own and you go through the pain, the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage, um, it can be just – overwhelming to say the least proaction restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week. So if you have issues at any time during the day, anytime on the weekend, anytime on a holiday, you can reach out to them and they will be there to help you. I went through it. I went through water damage at my house. Uh, they came through, man, they fixed it. They, they, they found the problem first and foremost, corrected that and then went about all the repairs and it was awesome. And they worked in conjunction with my ins- insurance company. So just so you know, uh, Pro Action Restoration is licensed, bonded, and fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades, and they handle water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, and other stuff that you know you may not be sure about. Just reach out and give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We're back. Tone, Rob, hanging with you Wednesday. Hope you guys are doing great out there. Appreciate you uh, joining us today. All right, so I, I told you where I'm at with this. I would go corner first and foremost. That's that's draft. Um, you know, certainly you could go that route in free agency as well, but I, I don't think they want to continue to spend crazy money. I think it's much more cost-effective to try to draft a corner uh, high considering the money you have tied up already in Slay and what you might be paying in a dead cap hit with Bradbury. But let me ask you, Tone, what would what position could be either side of the ball? What position is first for you? This was tough because I feel like the defense has so many needs. Um, although, as much as I believe corner is a high priority, and I believe the fact that it's because I did a top five. Is that what we're supposed to do, right? Top That's five. Fine. Whatever, yeah, whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of did it as far as a top five. I believe all five of these things. Are of, are of extreme importance for the Philadelphia Eagles, but I do have them ranked, and I believe all these priorities are separated by a razor's edge. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, my number one position of priority is edge. I'm looking at that defensive line and how they fell off a cliff. They need more firepower there. They need more depth there. Um, Nolan Smith obviously has to step up, of course, but um, when you're losing a BG – when you could be at risk of losing a hostile Reddick if you guys can come to an agreement mm-hmm. um, in your contract negotiations. We have no idea what the contract negotiations are going to be like for a Josh Sweat, but given how his year went this year, the Eagles do have the leverage. Um, but I don't believe they have leverage in the hostile Reddick situation. Hostile Reddick has put up um, north of um, – uh, he's, he's put up a minimum of 11 sacks over the past four seasons, um, respectively. Um, in three different in three different organizations, I believe Hassan Reddick does have a little bit of the leverage in the situation. Um, so I think they need to prepare themselves and they need to load up on the edge. I think they definitely need to get somebody that's talented, um, a big body um, that has length, athleticism, speed. Um, you know, they just need a legit edge rusher on that. You know, uh, on you know on that side of the ball. So I think that's number one, especially when you lose in BG. We don't know what the future holds for him. Mm-hmm. Can Nolan Smith play? I think they need an edge rusher. Uh, number two, uh, I'll give my number two, and then I'll let you give your number two. Is that uh, okay? Yes, please. Um, my number two is linebacker. I think linebacker should be a priority going into the offseason. Will it? Probably not, but it should. Um, Jeff Kerr brought this up, and I bring it up all the time. You find a guy, and you develop him, keep him. You know what I mean? Yeah, T.J. Yeah. Edwards, you yeah, found yeah. him. Agreed. Keep him. You developed him. 
he, he's undrafted. He's not going to be that high. He's going to account for so little of your cap. Uh, and then the Kobe Dean, we have no idea what he is. And on, you can't keep piecemealing this thing through free agents and mercenaries. It's just, it's just not going to work. You need some foundational pieces at the position. Um, you were idiotic enough to let Chris uh, Christian Ellis slip through the cracks because you mishandled or mismanaged the um, the whole practice squad situation. I just think they need more talent there, and and the guys they have currently just isn't cutting it. So who? So, so what's your number two position? Of okay, so my number two is linebacker, and I know this is going to fly in the face of everything that they do. Right. Right. So for you, corner one, linebacker two. Yeah, because I don't. Okay. I got to tell you, man. Like I, I am so tired of having. Uh, yes, the occasional exception in in you know in in 2022 when they went to the Super Bowl and 2017 when they went to the Super Bowl. But for the most part, having linebacker play that's either mediocre to bad. I need a linebacker who's going to make plays. In this defense, with what Vic Fangio wants to do, you have to prioritize this position to a degree. And you got to get guys who can cover a little bit. You got to get guys who can stop the run game. You know, I, I just think they have – they've taken it to the extreme, the ig – ignoring of this position and it's about time they start to address it a little bit more um whether it's you know i see lewis brings excuse me brings up nigel bradham uh jordan hicks unfortunately was a good player he just got hurt all the time here that was too bad uh kendricks wasn't a bad player either but they have got to get back to this howie i hope during that press conference was just sort of giving you the the team spiel and Mm -hmm. and sort of trying to defend his ground on that because you better make this a priority. And I'm I'm telling you right now, Vic Fangio in the in the in those meetings when he agreed, I think, to be the DC or whatever ha- happened, or when he talked to them, you know, previously about their his philosophies, I'm sure he emphasized how important linebacker is. And I don't think they're going to ignore that. I think it's going to be more of a priority this year than we all think. Yeah, you know, they drafted Michael Kendricks in the second round. Um, he ended up being a, a solid player for them. Um, obviously he had his limitations, um, but he was okay. He was all right. Um, but I still felt like we knew we could be, we could be better, um, at that position. Mm-hmm. Radham, you know, they found him, he was in Buffalo and then they brought him in in 2016. So they didn't really draft him. Um, they definitely got the best out of Bradham, especially in 2017. Uh, but you're right. I mean, we're expecting this team to go against the grain. I don't know if I, I don't know how much I, I don't know, I don't know how much I could bet on it, but we know it's it's a need. It's clearly a need. They've taken it way too far. Yes. Do you have to prioritize certain positions? Absolutely. In theory, that makes it's common sense. Every you can't you can't allocate the same amount of resources to one position as another. You can't prioritize some positions over others. It all depends how you build your team. Mm-hmm. But overall, they've taken it way too far, Rob. Yeah. Way too far. And, you know, in saying that, you know, my third position of need um, is corner. I think corner is a high part for Philadelphia Eagles. They're too old at the position. Um, guys are getting – guys can't can't stay healthy, especially in the slot where the Vines coming off the air. Um, then um, Darius Slay, he, he was nursing a knee injury all year, finally got the surgery or the scope, whatever you want to call it, towards the end yeah. of the season. It's just you're getting old there. Health is starting to fail. Um, talent is clearly um, depleting. We don't know. We don't know how good or if he's good at all in Kelly Ringo. We don't know if he can. We don't know if he can last in this league yet. We don't know um, if Eli Ricks can play um, really just yet. 
Um, every time I see him on the field, I, I saw them putting him in uncompromising uh, situations. Uh, we don't know how good or bad Josh Job is. Again, putting those guys in uncompromising situations. The Eagles right now, I'm not seeing their ability to develop the DBs. So I think that's going to be important going into this offseason with, you know, with this new coaching staff. Can you, can you maximize the guys you have and can you find a way to bring some guys in that you drafted that you can, you know, that can become foundational pieces? They can't keep piecemealing this defense as a whole, Rob. It, like all these mercenaries, it's just not it's, it's not a sustainable formula. I just want I want depth. Like in other words, hey, great. If Keely Ringo blossoms into a stud or Eli Ricks does or whatever, great. I still am prioritizing the position this year in, in, in the secondary. And, and, yes. and good, I'll be loaded. If somebody gets hurt, I got somebody who can plug in. Or maybe I can move somebody in that slot position and not have to worry about Avante Maddox getting hurt all the time. So, like, to me, I, that doesn't change, like, where I'm at, all those things. And I'll tell you the other thing, too, just to stay in, this, in, the, in the secondary for a minute. You know, you're not good at safety. Like, you're not you're good. Not. You, you know, uh, you don't really have a starter next to Blankenship. And well, on the, some, yeah. argue, some would argue on a Super Bowl team or on a good team, Reed Blankenship wouldn't be a starter. Right. So, uh, you know, you probably in a, in a perfect world you get two guys. But I mean, if I if I can get a good player lined up against with Blankenship, okay, I'll I'll, I'll live with that. They need to, to help and upgrade that spot too. That's another position that Fangio ha- leans heavily on in his defense safety. Yeah, it ain't yeah. good, man. I agree. I, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, I, it's so funny. I'm thinking about what Jeff Kerr said. Hey, he had running back so high. I'm shocked. For, I, I get I'm shocked. And and for me, running back is fourth on his list. For me, running back is fourth in priority. They need one, yeah, for sure. Um, I think they should actually draft one this go around. Um, at least at at least in the first four rounds. Mm-hmm. I think I think they should draft the running back. Running back is one of those one of those positions that you could really find a gem. You can really find the gym easier, mm-hmm. you know, this go around. Um, that, that position, there's so many guys who were taken later who were really good in the league. Right, because it's teams aren't team. drafting them high anymore. So there's always – there's so many guys that are talented that you can find and bring into your situation. Yeah. Um, and then fifth for me is safety. You know, we briefly talked about it, right? That safety position has to has to improve. Uh, Reed Blankenship, if I'm, if I'm being completely honest, he's not good enough right now. He's yeah, not, he's and, not, and I, I'm he has, he has a, limitations. I'll give him a little bit of leeway in that it was his first year as a starter. Uh, you correct, may, you, correct, you may turn out to be right, I, but I just got to see. I want to see what next year looks like for him, and I think we'll really know what he is. Right? Whether no, he's yeah, just I, a special I agree. Teams depth guy, or he's a you know a legit guy. Right, yeah. right, right. Now he has limitations. Um, he 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 struggles sticking with tight ends and in man coverage. Um, he struggles. Um. He's a great he, he he's a, he's a great tackler. I like him. I he'll like hit Reed, you too. He'll hit you I, too. I like Reed Blankenship playing closer to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, when in you, the box. When, yeah, mm-hmm. in the box. When you, when you have him, when you ask him to go back there and just roam and just be a pure free safety, you're not playing to his strengths. I don't think that's his strengths. He's much better when it's see ball get ball. You yeah, know, I agree. you know, he, he can make a beeline. He he's very good at tackling angles and pursuit angles. He's very good at that. Um, but he just, he's just, he doesn't have this, he doesn't have the, 
the long range speed he does to uh you know to, you know to hang to hang around with those you know with tight ends now who are getting faster more athletic becoming more integral parts of you know these NFL offenses he's just he's just not good enough to he just he doesn't have the athleticism to keep up with those kind of guys so they definitely need pieces at safety yeah, Sidney Brown the ACL tear he's going to have to get back from that he's, he's still an intriguing prospect but overall um I don't know what he's going to be after that injury well, so I, 757 says, Robbie, slow, short, what's the C? What's the C is um, you you can get a lot smarter and understand angles and do things, and even if you're not necessarily a speed merchant, okay? Yeah. Again, I'm not telling you he's Ronnie Lott. I, I'm right, just yeah, saying yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I want to see what this year looks like before I cast the guy off. That's no, I agree, because I like Reed Blankenship, and I believe he has traits that I do like. I do think he understands the position. Yeah. I believe that for a fact. He understands the position. He knows where to be. He's just slow. Yeah. So, so I, you got to find a way to utilize his skill set properly and not allow him to be a liability. The other, the other things, and again, these are not at the top of my list, but you have to get depth at receiver and tight end because, Tone, really, I don't think anybody after A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are going to be on the roster. Who hmm. are your other receivers? I think Julio Jones is gone. I think Wes Watkins is gone. I think Alameda Zacchaeus is gone. Uh, who am I missing? Well, Greg I, I Ward mean, is Greg Ward is already gone. They don't have any wide receivers. Okay. Covey's technically a wide receiver. We know what Covey is. He's a punter. Yeah. So I, I think whoever, like, you, you have to upgrade at probably two of your backup receivers. You have to upgrade tight end behind Goddard because Goddard can't stay healthy. And those guys aren't good enough. Yeah, as of yeah, as of right now, this is what this is what their receiver position looks like. Yeah, really I mean, have, come on, like who 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 are you keeping there? I'm not keeping one of those guys. Right, except for Brent Covey, and, and you know, yeah, Covey time. sticks around to play special teams. I'm saying right. nobody else as a receiver. They're all, and that's not even showing everybody. That, that's not even taking into account uh, Julio Jones. Oh no! This is 2024. This is oh, this 24. Is, this yeah. is who they're. This is who they're going in. Like this is who they have right now yeah, on the none books. None of them. None of them. None of them. All the two guys I see. The only guy I see here that will be on the roster is AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Brent Covey. And Brent Covey only has a spot because he he returns very well. Go, go so ahead. You, yeah. So you can make an argument. They only have two wide receivers. Correct. I agree. And so go to go to tight end. Go just scroll down a touch. Okay. Stoles restricted, so we don't see him there. The only right. like I'm good if Calcaterra is gone. I don't even know who EJ Jenkins. Well, you is. know Calcaterra, he's on a rookie deal, so he's not going to he's not going anywhere. He's on a rookie deal. Uh, yeah, but my but, only but they need is, they need more people there. I agree. I need somebody real there at that spot. So um, both positions are lacking, to yeah. say the least. Look, I've really when you really I've taken some time, Rob, to really go through this roster. Right, yeah. going into the 2024 offseason. I really think people are underestimating how many pieces this team needs right now. You know, when they when I heard people say, "Hey, you know, they're about a couple moves away from being back." Yo, they need depth. They need a defense. They they have some decisions to make, Philadelphia. And when you go through this roster, player by player, you're you're, you're going to see that, and it's going to become more clear to you that the Eagles are further away from the promised land than what we may think. Yeah. Th th look, man, this is, again, we are in Howie season mode where he has got to be a superstar, a big game hunter and, and get it right. This offseason is huge for him. 
This is a huge offseason. If he doesn't have a killer offseason, they're going to struggle to make the playoffs or or be like a like, you know, as a seven or something like that. That's what they're going to make these struggles in this offseason. Right. Because the schedule, if, if the schedule, in my opinion, just based, the, I looked, I, I looked at it prior to the playoffs and now my opinion has kind of shifted. You know what I mean? Like the Packers. The, here, here's Dan says five. Here's where I'm not going to go five. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sills, he's been, he's been, that, he's been like he's, to me, that, he's been dropping that home for like. But here's where I'm not. Why I'm not there. If you have, if we're assuming, and, and he probably doesn't assume this, but I'm going to assume that Hertz gets better, okay, or gets closer to what he was in 2022. You still have a stud offensive line. You still have 2,000 yard receivers. I think they'll get a running back that'll be fine. That'll be good enough. You're going to put points up. Um, I I would hope that your offense isn't going to be a train wreck that it was last year. Mm-hmm. That's not five. It's hard to almost be a five-win team. You you got to really suck to be a five-win team. I mean, let, yeah. all right. Let, yeah, I'm not buying five-win quite yet either. Um, do I think they're at risk of being on the back end of things? Do I think they're at risk of yeah. making some really bad decisions and putting themselves in the you know in the hole? I I, I do believe that. I agree with but, that. But agree. as of right now, they're not trending in the best direction. Like, like your five, right here's your five win teams from the NFL last year. The Chargers, who couldn't have been more of a disaster. The Patriots, who couldn't score on you and I, Tone. The Cardinals, <laughs> the uh, Washington, and the Panthers. Th- that's it. I mean, it, the Giants had six wins, right? The, the Falcons had seven wins. The Bears had seven wins. The Titans had six wins. The stinking Jets had seven wins. They're not a five-win team, but, but you get the message. We don't care if you just sneak into the playoffs and get bounced in the first round. That's meaningless. You have to get this back to being a Super Bowl contender, right? And, and right, and, and that's a and, and I think that because that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking about, right? Yeah. I'm not I'm not thinking about oh, can this team make? I'm thinking about what do they have to do to get back to Super Bowl contention? And they got some heavy lifting to do before they even be considered those sure conversations do. again. You know sure. what I mean? For, for forget winning the division, forget the playoff berth, forget the five win team thing, right? All those things are all plausible outcomes. How far is this team from winning a Super Bowl? If I on a scale of one to ten, um, ten being the furthest, one being the well, on a scale of one to ten, with ten being the closest and one being the furthest from a Super Bowl, I think the Philadelphia Eagles team is hanging around four or five. Yeah, I, I would go six, seven. Mm. I would go so I'm more I have more uh and more look, confidence. I feel like I'm being optimistic. I, 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 I'm optimistic, but at the same time, I I I think maybe I'm looking at the work they had to do mm-hmm. in a little bit of a little bit more of a crucial light. Like I I guess okay, what makes you comfortable to say six or seven? And again, people, if you're listening, well, the, the, okay, so the reason I just laid out with the offense, right? For right, smarters. That, and typically, the Eagles' history with Howie shows that there's a bounce back after a bad year. And, and I know eleven. 11 wins isn't four wins. So when I say bad year, you guys know what I mean. But they right. typically bounce back after having a disappointing season. That is true. So I'm going to bank on that history with him a little bit here. Um, you do have a decent amount of draft picks. You don't quite have the same cap space huh. as you had last year. Um, as of right now, they have nine draft picks. That includes the comp picks right now. Which is good. Yeah, which is, which th- is good. Do you think they need more? I think they need more. You can only use so many of them, though. I, I think you, you could use them to trade, use them to trade and get up, is is what I would do with them if I okay. if I acquired more. 
Yeah. I, I also think too, you're going to be, I think you're cutting out a lot of fat. You're going to be getting rid of a lot of dead weight from last season. Mm. And you it just, just the, just the subtraction of that is, is a big deal. And that goes for the players and that goes for a coaching staff. I mean, let's face it. We don't talk about him much, but man, did anybody get less out of his position group than Tracy Rocker? Yeah, that was disappointing. I expected a lot more from um, you know, from you know, from Tracy and that group as a whole. I felt I felt like it was a combination of those guys not doing their jobs as well. Um, yeah. I feel I feel I feel like Jordan Davis didn't do the didn't do enough work in the offseason to put his body in position, um, you know, for the long haul, the long haul of the year. Um, obviously, Jim Carter, the rookie, rookie wall, okay, he gets a pass to an extent because he was so dominant. Um, you know, Milton Williams, I feel like Milton Williams had a, had a solid year. Um, but I, I really think that it was the edge, it was the edge. They didn't get enough from the edge. I agree. Uh, because let's be, let's, let's the last seven games. Where were Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick? Listen, I think when it comes to the D tackle position, if your D tackle is getting five sacks, six sacks, that's a blessing. D tackles aren't really high sack total guys, so they got five sacks out of uh, out of Fletch, six and a half I think out of um out of uh, Jalen Carter. I think the deficiency came in where you weren't getting that from Sweat. You you know uh, Hassan fell off on the back end of the year because they because they started misusing him. So you know do I think Tracy Rocker has something to answer for when it comes to that team? Sure. I'm not knocking that at all because in year one, I had some issues, but then he bounced back in 2022 and then 2023, we are where we are. Right. So do I think Tracy Rocker definitely wears some of why the D-line didn't um, perform? Yes. But I think I put most of it on just effort. Uh, and, effort I, I think, and, and I will say this, Tone, th- 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 just to pick up on your point. Yeah. I think we blame the coaches Far too often when the players don't show up. Oh, uh, yes, yes. In um, general, this is yes. in any sport. We because, it, because, because have more it's low hanging fruit. That's why it's low hanging fruit. I agree. And you know, um, fans, you know, they don't buy coaches' gear; they buy player gear. You know, what I mean, right. jerseys and whatnot. So players more, often can't be fired. Right, right. Coaches can. Uh, fans are likely going to always defend the player, um, but players they play. You know what I mean? Coaches can only do but so much to put you in position. So I think a large part of why the Philadelphia Eagles fell off is player accountability. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, it's, 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 it's as simple as that. Um, again, do these coaches have something to ask for? Sure. I'm not denying that at all. I've been I've been jabbing at these guys all offseason, even during the season. But a lot, but these players have to wear a lot of it too. And um, I just want to make sure we get that across here because um, those guys, they're 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 in the uh you know in the weight rooms. They're you know supposed to um, execute these plays and play at a high level, be high effort. You know, this team was a shell of itself, and they still won eleven games. They got to find a way to get back on track, and they need to they need to reinstill a strong foundation from a personnel standpoint. They need depth. They need rotation. I think the one thing that was lacking on the defensive line is they didn't have a strong rotation. Yeah. Why I don't understand why they traded or cut Kentavious Street. I didn't get that. Um, you moved on from Derek Barnett with no immediate um, replacement. Did you think Nolan Smith was going to fill that gap? Okay, but you didn't put him in position until the end of the year when you got desperate. You should have been grooming Nolan Smith for that spot from week one. 
But no, you had Derek Barnett out there. You knew you wasn't going to keep him. So there was just a series of miscues in how they handled this roster from a personnel standpoint, from a playing time standpoint. We can go on and on. But overall, when I look at this team from top to bottom, when I go through the cap, when I go through the money and all that kind of stuff, they got a lot of work to do and Howard's going to have to make some tough decisions. I will. I want this coaching staff more than anything else to play to the players that you have strengths, not, hey, I do this, you're going to have to do. No, you have to adapt what you do as best you can to what these guys do best. So, um, all right, let, let's uh, get a quickie in here, and we'll come back and we'll we'll dive into more uh, NFL uh, discussion. There's a lot of stuff going on in terms of coaches. What do you hear the ticket prices tone already? And we're still how many days away? Uh, 10 days, 11 days from the Super Bowl? Man. The prices are insane already. So we'll get into that when we come back. A bunch <laughs> of other stuff, too. You won't believe this. All right, so that's Tone. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take. Let's talk about uh, Flynn Tree Services. Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted tree off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face, and they are experts trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money 
in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Appreciate you hanging with us. All right, ticket prices, Tone, for Super Bowl 58. Um, this is from TickPick. And, and an average Super Bowl price right now, this was as of Monday, so we're, you know, two days ago at this point, uh, $9,815 on the secondary market. That mm. is up, yeah, that is up from 5795 last year. That is craziness. That is crazy. Nine, th- almost, almost ten grand for one ticket. One ticket, and you, we, you wonder why these crowds sometimes at Super Bowls. Now, Eagles fans go crazy. We all know that, but like sometimes it's not the most raucous crowd. It's either all corporate or all wealthy people who aren't even necessarily fans of these teams. Right, they're just going for the novelty of it. Just going because they can't afford to go, and they want to go to Vegas and go gamble and party and go to shows or whatever. Oh yeah, the Super Bowl. Yeah, annual family, annual family tradition. Oh, we don't really care about football. It's just something to do. I mean, Uh there is. I'm telling. Look, if I was loaded, yeah, would I would I consider that if my team was in it? Sure, of course I would. Under no other circumstance, and I even think like I laugh at this at this number that this is even consideration for some people. Yeah, you know, I, I'll put it to you this way, right? If you got it, you got it. And also, look, I don't care nothing about Formula One racing, but if I had it, I'd go to the Miami Grand Prix. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just like this. I, I, yeah, you have extendable income, knock yourself out. I'm not judging. Yeah, I'm just yeah, telling yeah. you from, from me. Yeah, no from the little guy. Yeah, like it's like, come on, man. The people who really root for these teams, who live and die by these teams, yeah, there's no way they can afford those tickets. No way. Yeah, you know the blue. You know uh, most of most of these. You know when you think about a team like the Philadelphia Eagles. You know they're you know they're uh, a blue <laughs> a, a blue. Wait, what did you say? Right, right, I'd have to be loaded, but not with money to consider paying that. <laughs> that's that's funny. Good line, Kevin. Oh, yep. uh, but yeah, it's just when you think about some of these um, teams, their their fan bases are mainly blue collar. You know, blue collar folk. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I agree. You know, like, just call- one of those. T- Listen, I'll put you this way, right? One yeah. of those tickets could take care of my rent for at least the next six months. I, I know. It's sickness. I mean, like, that's – I just hate that we're gouging – I get it. Free market, whatever. It's a corporate but event. That we're gouging people to this degree. It's no surprise. It's just, you know, it is what it is. Um, all right, so that we got a little news here, Tone. Uh, according to Ian Rappaport, uh-oh. The Seahawks are set to hire Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald as their new head coach. Um, mm. Yeah, they were willing to wait to see if Baltimore made the Super Bowl. Instead, uh, the, the second interview obviously went well, 
and they're going to make the call here. He had his second interview um, there. So He's there right now. So, so they're, running, they're running their back with a defensive head coach. Okay. Yeah. I, I See, I like – a couple teams have done that. Raheem Morris, you know, defensive, whatever. I, I like the teams aren't just – everything's got to be offense. You know, if you hire the right guy, period – it's the right move. You, no, you know, that's true. That's you know, true. Yeah, it isn't obviously really. You got to look at his offensive staff and all that kind of stuff. But that's I look, man. The guy did a great job there in Baltimore. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I guess I was more so just shocked that they went defense back to back because they had Pete Carroll for so long. He's a defensive guy. I thought you know maybe change the pace. I don't know, but overall, man, you know, we'll we'll see how it pans out. You know, just because you're a defensive guy or offensive guy doesn't automatically quantify, you know, qualify you to have a successful campaign with your guys. So, um, it's all it all remains to be seen. You know, what, what kind of decision maker he is, you know, and you know, in these in these high leverage situations. But congratulations to him. Um, yeah. I guess Dan Quinn is going back to the Cowboys. I would guess Dan Quinn isn't going anywhere unless he goes to DC. But mm-hmm. I, if I don't I'm see guessing, that. I don't nah, see that. If I'm guessing Josh Harris is hiring an offensive guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't. The problem really is see that. now, Tone. No Ben Johnson, no Bobby Slowick, no Gerard Johnson, no, no no Gerard Johnson. All those guys are out of the mix now. So, so who's left? That you know that you know that kind of was ringing bells out here. Who who who's left? Vrabel is Vrabel going to? No, I don't think so. That would be defense. Um, do they reconsider Belichick now? Washington. Uh, that, know, sounds, that seems desperate. Yeah, it does. It does. They're the mm. they're it, man. They're the only team left right now. So is, Seattle's got their guy. Brian Johnson's still floating out there. He is. Brian, yeah, and Brian Johnson's interviewing with the Bucks for their OC spot uh, today, in fact. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, he's still out there. Yep. Um, I have no idea where they're going to go. Yeah, this this is interesting because you have three guys who took themselves out of it yesterday which i don't really quite recall that happening before uh in that in that to that degree um there is a a phenomenal piece on the athletic by diana rossini and she's Zach. been on fire lately oh she's she's killing it after she had that baby she's been yeah yeah she is and and zach rosenblatt about the dysfunction of the jets so listen to this among other things, they report that Robert Sala. Do you remember after there was like a remember the leaks regarding Zach Wilson not wanting to play in that game after they had all kinds of injuries and everybody was killing Zach Wilson for it? Do you remember that towards the end of the season? And yes. then and then Aaron Rodgers was on Pat McAfee saying we got to get to the bottom of these leaks and all this other stuff. Okay, so that's the backdrop. So they have a meeting and it, and it's Sala and the coaches. Okay. And Sala basically says, um, you won't get in trouble, but I need for whomever is the leak to step up and say it right now. If not, we're going to start taking your cell phones. Who said that? Sala said this to his coaching staff. And he said, I like him. I like him. No, dude, I think it's pathetic, honestly. What, like your phones? No, 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 no! Not I'm the phone part. Him, screw you! Dude, no, not not the phone part. Phone. Not the phone part. The um, just the whole. Listen, who's the leak? Yeah, well, I, I I liked that part. But when you start talking about phones, that would be in high school. 
<laughs> not even, to, you know, yeah, not, not um, that part. You know, I don't take my you. I'm a grown ass man. You ain't taking my phone, bro. You know what I mean? We'll be and, in this and, thing. And that's the way the coaches responded. Like, right. Dude, go kick rocks. You, right. You we'll be in this thing. Rum- we'll be in this thing rumbling. You know what I mean? But well, it's yeah. But but again, um, just 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 the, the the in theory, the the mindset of look. Who who like come on you guys we're trying to build something here you're making it really difficult like I I, I admire the candidness of yeah, the, the, the nature of it but the, I don't, the story doesn't paint him well dude yeah but I I, I have to I have to read the whole story you, you check it I mean? out because he he um at one point he's complaining that the Jets get way more heat than the Giants uh, who cares about the Giants uh, that's what I'm saying he he sounds like he's very worried about everyone else and and noise. And it's that a, it's sounds a, like someone who's in panic mode. That's insecure too. Insecure as well, yeah. Well, you I know, mean, listen, the guy does Beijing his beard. <laughs> There's nothing more insecure than that. <laughs> and then he, and then after he started getting heat, he shaved it off. Uh huh. Did you notice that too? Yep, yep. He, he it's, took listen, it off. Insecure. Yeah. You see, you got to pay attention to the little details about people. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's not just listen. People have these. Don't let these these jerseys. These, these don't let the the glitz and the glam confuse you. People don't let their don't let the money confuse you either. These are regular people with real feelings. Yeah, that's that true. man. That man beijing his beard and cut it off at the people gave him heat. He's insecure as hell, and he didn't oh. even need to. He didn't even need to beijing the beard. If you ask me, like, look, Rob. I don't know if you noticed. I got this one gray hair that's just sitting here. Oh, dude. And, and, and my man, I pulled it out. One, like, pulled it, pulled it out. Keeps coming back. Now you're like, forget it. I'm not, I'm not dying my beard ever. Yeah. I'm a rock the salt and pepper look, baby. You saw, I, when I, I had it, it was, it was quite great. Uh, That's what I'm saying, was, man. Yeah. Listen, it's distinguished. It, <laughs> make, it makes you look distinguished, man. The you know, so, so Robert Sala, listen, whatever insecurities you do have, my man. Yeah. Yeah. You can get all that taken care of. If you just stop Beijing in the beard. That's it. And you'll be that's, good, man. That's your advice for him. That's I my agree. advice. Stop yeah. Beijing. And then everything else in life will start to fall into shape. Because I bet any amount of money, if you were a player, he walk in that room and just yesterday. Yeah, you're like, just, what's what's going on, like, man? You're like, you're like, coach. Yeah. You know damn well that shit ain't you. Yeah. <laughs> he looks crazy, didn't that's he? That's a good one. It was, he, he went to like the, – the other problem was he went into like – the darkest mode that you could go. Like, dude, don't go quite that Exactly. Extreme. That's where guys mess up at with the Beijing. They yeah. always try to go black. No, you got to go. Go a little mix. Go, you got you got you to go at least a mix or you try to go um like a darker brown. Yeah, like, like a, a brown. lighter. Yeah, you, like got, a light. you go that. It looks, it looks phony. When it looks so fake yeah, when know, you go I, that dark. You got to You got to go light. You got to transition. Yeah. Little by yeah. little. So True. people, so, so people naturally flow with it. That's true. You know, that's true. Yeah. No, no, I got you. Um, so re- just check it out because there's a lot of damning stuff in there, but it's it's more of a Jets dysfunction than just solid. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, this is classic Jerry Jones. And this is why you love that he's the Cowboys owner and GM and all that. If you're an Eagles fan, you love it. So he's again, he's on the radio and he can't help himself. <laughs> and he's talking about how uh, he was asked about Bill Belichick directly. And he told Yahoo Sports. Oh, we could absolutely work together. I have tons of respect for Bill. We we would we would respect each other's space and this and that. Like, dude, you still we, have a coach in place. You kept Mike McCarthy in place, and you're talking about another guy. How you could get along with him to be the coach? <laughs> it's unbelievable. 
Listen, man, we're in, we're in, uh, we're in uh, strange territory, man. We're on stranger tides. It's not a good look. All right, elsewhere. Um, not a good look, man. Jim Harbaugh, sixteen million a year. Sixteen. Five-year deal, sixteen million a year. Ooh, sixteen milli. Yeah, it must be nice, man. I think he's, in terms of salary, he's behind Belichick, and that might think, be it. I think he's 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 behind Sean Payton. Sean Payton's making eighteen. Okay. I think I think Harbaugh's okay. third with sixteen. Still, because the next guy is in the twelve range, twelve or fourteen range. So, interesting. Yeah, he he's he's definitely a top five pay head coach. Yeah. Um, well, that and we were talking about this uh, earlier for maybe people who didn't see it, but I'll just just circle back. So, uh, Devonte and AJ were on uh, with Kay up Adams. and Adams, yep, up and up and Adams and her 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 digital show or podcast, whatever. Yep. Um, and Devonte, I thought was very interesting when asked, like, "Hey, you know, what can what can the new offensive coordinator do for you? Just get us the ball." Okay, number one. Dev- I love Devonte because he is no bullshit. Like this guy is is. Just- I love her. I love everything about him. Yeah, I love everything about him, man. He he he's straight. He's straight to the point. He doesn't he doesn't mince words. Doesn't waste words. Yeah. Um. Doesn't over communicate. He says exactly what he needs to say and gets his point across and still keeps it clean. Keeps it yep. professional. Yep. He makes uh, it look easy. Maybe Nick eight- Sirianni should pay attention to his, his young guys. You know what I mean? It's very it's very easy. Good point. AJ Brown on his outlook for going into the season. Uh, you can never let a hard time humble you. Um, and I asked about trade rumors. He said, "Look, I've been through this before. I'm a vet. You know, I, I'm locked in." So, I, you know, a couple. Of, there's other takeaways if, if you get, you want to take a look at yeah. it, whatever. But um, yeah. and I believe you know, that too. By the way, I believe that you know he's not worried about it in the slightest. I actually yeah, yeah. believe that. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, all right, elsewhere, uh, the, back to the Cowboys for a second. So Dak Prescott has a $59.5 million cap hit for this season. 59.5. So something's going to give somewhere. Either he's going to agree to an extension with a restructure or he's going to be bye-bye. You, you, I mean, you can't. You literally can't have that cap hit. So Don't you think he on. needs to leave Dallas? I think he should leave. I think I think he shouldn't agree to a damn thing. And he should leave. Yeah. Because, you know, people say what they want about Dak, but I actually think it's a Cowboys issue. That that organization has the bad juju. You know what I mean? Tony yeah. Romo couldn't even get it done there. So yeah. it's like, I'm looking at, you want to look at Dak and, and think he's going to change the mold. They have an internal issue. That's not a Dak issue, in my humble opinion. Has Dak performed well in those situations? No. But, you know, I would love to see Dak and a different organization just so we can get a, just so we can judge him fairly without the Cowboys uh, stigma surrounding him. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like Dak Prescott doesn't get, um, I feel like Dak Prescott doesn't get a fair shake at times because he plays for the Cowboys. If he played for any other organization, I'm telling you, I feel like his life would be way easier. People would judge him way fair. Well, he or gets more, it from his own fair. people too. Like, but that's know, my point. You know, you know, uh, CD Lamb family members, uh, Michael Parsons family members, they, uh, all throwing you know strays his way. I mean, it, it's like, and you know, what he does. He just, I know he does. I give him credit. I he handles that stuff very well. I, I'm not, yeah. not believe me. I'm no fan of his or the Cowboys, but I, I give him credit. He takes the high road all the time with that kind of crap. He does. Where where could you see Dak Prescott playing other than Dallas? Because they got to get this sorted out before the season starts. 
Uh, New England. Interesting. Maybe. Um, what about Atlanta? Atlanta. Pittsburgh. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Uh, man, I'm trying to. Raiders. Raiders might be interesting. That 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 is interesting. Um, uh, uh, with 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 uh, Dak Devontae Adams. I don't love Derek Carr, but they're tied into him too much with too much money in, in yeah, New Orleans, man. so he's not going anywhere. Um, right, right. Uh, could he? Could could you see Dak in? Would you? Would you? Would you trade? Uh, would you swap Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray? Would you ever do that? I'd do it if I was Arizona. I don't like Kyler Murray. I, I would do it in a second if I'm Arizona. Uh, I don't. I don't know that that's going to happen. Right. Uh, Dan thinks Chicago. I they do have the money. Dan. They do have the I, money, but I think the they're money. going draft pick if they if they do change it up with Fields. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to go young kid. They're going to go Dak Caleb in Chicago. Williams. Why do I? Why does that look interesting to me? No, I, I think it's possible. Dak it's one, in Chicago. It, it would be. It would be interesting. Yeah. Or Dak in Minnesota. I forgot they don't have a quarterback right now. Right. Where does Kirk Cousins end up? Kirk. I think Kirk Cousins ends up in. I think Kirk Cousins Rams. I mean, right? Uh, no, nah, nah, not Raiders. the Rams. Raiders um, could Raiders could be possible for him. Could Kirk Cousins end up in New England? That's interesting, right? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I could see that. Hmm. Could Kirk Cousins end up in Washington? Back in Washington. Back in Washington. Ooh. We still don't even know their coaches, man. That's the right. hard part. You know, exactly. it's tough. It's very tough. tough. But I, I, but, but I, I, think, I, I think the Raiders are a possibility there with him. Yeah, yeah, it is. And um, also, I'm looking at it here. Kirk to Chicago. You never know. Yeah. Or, um, I just don't. I don't know. I I think they keep Fields or they tr- or they trade that and try and get a. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think they should keep Fields. That's just me. Uh, do you see Kirk Cousins in Pittsburgh? I don't know. I think that's possible. It is very much possible. Yep. Um, I think it's possible. I don't believe for a yeah. second that they – I think all that was all lip service because Kenny Pickett's still on the roster. I don't think any of them, including Tomlin, the GM, and the owner, believe that he's a starter. Tomlin knew that kid Tomlin knew that kid wasn't it in the year one. Dude, you stayed with Mason Rudolph. What does that tell you? In a you, playoff you're game. You're done. You, you, in a playoff game. You thought Mason Rudolph gave you a better chance at a playoff game than your – First round quarterback that you drafted. Yeah. And he was healthy. He was available. That tells me everything I need to know. He's not the answer. And he and he might not even make it to the end of the deal. Yeah. I I don't he's that'll be there'll be a change. All right, let's let's do that for a minute. Maybe this is something we could dive into pretty heavy tomorrow. Okay. So teams are gonna have new quarterbacks next year. New England. Tell me if you disagree with any of these. New England? Yes. Washington, yes. Pittsburgh, no. I think Pittsburgh will find a way to make sense of running it back for Kenny Pickett one more time. Oof. Okay. Will Chicago? Because because uh, real quick, it's because they they have a way of doing things, and they're very slow to pull the trigger on anything. They they they're not a knee jerk. Yeah. Or I, I I see if 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 I see them. Running it back with him one more year, 
more so than making another move, no matter how much sense the move makes. They're just such a patient organization. But granted, the Roonies did recently come out saying, hey, it's time we start winning playoff games. Yeah, he said, so, Art Rooney said that specifically. That's out of character. It's very out of character. So maybe this, maybe you could be right. So maybe I might flip that. You know what? Yeah, I think, I, I think, I think Pittsburgh does have a different starting quarterback in 2024 because okay. of that statement alone. I forgot about that statement. Yeah, that statement alone makes me feel like they make a change at the quarterback position. All right. Um, the big Chicago's the big one. This Chicago is, big. is so tricky. Because I think I, I what do you, do you think they should move on from Fields? I want him to. I, I would give Fields another year. I Same would trade here. down and I and I would I would load up uh, on picks and I would end up with like three in the top twenty. I take Marvin Harrison. I take an offensive lineman. I, I'd have to really look at their other needs. Look, this I is what go, I would do. Yeah, I would go crazy. This is what I would do if I was Chicago, right? I would keep Fields, trade back, like you just said, everything you just said, right? Trade back, load up. Yeah, give Fields another year, but don't pick up the fifth year option. Yeah, he's got. We got to see what it is. Right, yeah, give him another. Yeah, give him another year. If you don't like it, then actually, no, I take that back. You pick up the fifth year option. You eat that. Pick up the fifth year option. If he makes you nervous in year four, I would bring in. Um, I would bring in a veteran with those weapons. Yeah, let him play into year five. If year five is shaky, I bench him, trade him before the deadline. Then I move in my veteran and go from there. A loaded roster with a veteran quarterback, you never know. Right, I look. know I, 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 I know that the way I lay that out has to have a lot of foresight, but that's where I'm at. You know, I just feel like you sh they, they shouldn't jump the gun with that kid. Running back with him, pick up the fifth-year option to give yourself flexibility. Remember, the Giants made that mistake. They – didn't pick up Daniel Jones' fifth-year option, yeah. which which put which put them in a position where they had to make a decision after year four, and they mm -hmm. chose wrong. At least when you pick up the fifth-year option, the decision is already built in for you, and the money's not going to be big. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, let's do that tomorrow. We'll go through every every team that we think may have a yeah. quarterback change, and we'll link what quarterback we think ends up there. All right, we'll make that. We'll make. I like that. I like that. That'd be All cool. Right. All right, a couple other things. Um, I, I, Joe Flacco wants to play next year. Um, he said he, you know, he isn't sure where he's going to end up, but he definitely wants to keep playing. I think he did enough to earn himself a, a spot back with a team, at least as a backup. Mm -hmm. uh, so he'll come back next year in some capacity. The Giants are meeting with Saquon Barkley's reps at the combine to see what they can do. Uh, that, I, I, I almost feel like that's getting to the point where where maybe both need to change scenery. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know. It seems like Saquon really wants to be a giant. I don't, that's cool. I, I respect his loyalty, but I don't know. <laughs> I respect his loyalty, but uh, nope. it, it feels like something else needs to happen there. But exactly. exactly. All right, I wanted to, I did want to touch on this too. So um, CBS has the Super Bowl. So we won't be hearing these guys call the Super Bowl, but Fox's number one NFL group. Uh, was uh, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. And the sideline reporters are Aaron Andrews and Tom Rinaldi. But the, let's deal with the guys right. in the booth. Okay. So we all know Brady's coming in. It, you know it's a $300-plus million deal that Brady signed. Woo! Did you know that? That's a so, lot of money. So he is going to come in and inherit the number one analyst spot for Fox. Now, I don't know that uh, – Greg Olson might have an out where he could maybe leave Fox, go to go to I don't know CBS or wherever. 
But I, I think it stinks because I think Greg Olson is really good. I know the cachet of Tom Brady's name, but that, that guy is very good at his craft, man, and he deserves better. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Greg Olson is one of the best out there doing it. I love the way he breaks down the game. Love love the confidence in which he speaks. He's entertaining as hell. Um, he made he he made that Eagles Niners game bearable. Um, he calls it how he sees it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just respect him, and I actually thought they would give him a better shot because you know he, he, Greg Olson is starting to become somebody that people really you know lean into. He's becoming marketable, right? Yeah, he uh, he ha- he has an ad, I think. Um, I can't remember if it's for a credit card or a visa or whatever it is. I, I don't know, but he has an ad where he starts out young, and he gets old out of nowhere. It's like, it's oh like yeah, he, I did see that. He, the, he, he, uh, the Terry he Bradshaw up. thing. Well, because and uh, the other thing is, people are always making fun of his hair. Did you see what he did last week too? No, no, I didn't. I think he was on with Pat McAfee, and he's like, "All right, we got to stop this right now." He's like, "Do I have crappy hair? Yes. Am I going bald?" Yes, and he pulled his hair back, and he showed the like receding hairline. He's like, "It's not a rug, people. I'm combing <laughs> it over." And I, I just thought that was really funny. Like he was just like, he leans into it. Well, yeah, and he was like, "If I'm getting a rug, it, it isn't gonna look like this, you know." And he was like, he was right, just, he's right, got right. a sense of humor. I, right. I appreciate that. I like Greg Olson, man. And plus, yeah. I like I like everything he stands for. You know, him and his family have been through a lot with the, uh, you know, his, I think his, his son, but better the heart condition, right? Is that what it was? Yep, so, but he, I, I just, I love his story. I love, the, I love them as a player. Um, I think, he, I think he's great at the job, you I know, agree. you know, you know, emotions aside, I think he's just great at the job. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's Tom Brady. He's, he's the name. And we know it's, how this it's works. marketable. You People sell it. You're selling in. it. Yeah. Simply because it's Tom Brady. Just to hear him talk. Just to hear him talk. And also, Tom Brady's been doing a hell of a job marketing himself as of late. Not that, not like he needs to do any more of it, but he's been really um, – he's been very opinionated over the past several yeah, months. Yeah, making the rounds too. Right, and, right, and I, I, I like it. So I'm curious to see how it goes. Look, I'm not saying Tom Brady is a bad choice, but I think Greg Olson is kind of getting the shit into the stick in this situation. Yeah, I agree. I and mean, then, look, again, he'll he'll land on his feet because he's too he good. He will. Not, yeah, he'll be fine. He definitely will. Yeah. Um, all right, let, let's get one in. We'll come back. Uh, I'm going to tell you about a change to the NBA draft. Yeah. Um, Orioles get sold. We'll get into that. I got a couple other things that I want to throw at you uh, when we return. So we got a lot to do. Don't go anywhere. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. We'll be right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. 
With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, we're back. Tone, Rob. Sports Take, hanging out with you on this Wednesday. Again, we'll have uh, Chris Franklin from NJ.com join us tomorrow to talk some Eagles. All right. Rob, I got uh, a question the, for you before we get started. Yeah. Got a question for you, man. I briefly touched on it last segment. What age did you first see? Did you see your first gray hair? Oh, dude, uh, in my late 20s. Oh, damn, I'm on schedule. Yeah, damn, 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 I'm on schedule. Oh. It's, coming, it's coming, my friend. It's coming. Uh, enjoy, enjoy your non gray years. Yeah, you got one or two. Big deal. Like yeah. it's coming. So enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a tough one to swallow. Uh, to stomach that, that that's where you're headed. But that's yeah. where it's headed. Have you tried to fight it? Oh, I fought it. So I I fight it in a number of ways. I keep it super short and mostly on the sides. Okay. Because I get it really gray on the sides. Okay. I go super short on the sides. You notice I don't grow the beard out because it gets too too gray. There's a mm-hmm. lot of ways you, you have to go about it. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, here's the way I always – somebody told me a long time ago. They're like, yeah, it sucks. It beats the alternative. The alternative is you ain't turning more gray in the grave. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, right. That's true. That's a fact. That's, okay. that's, a, 
it's so funny. I was talking to my wife and I was like, look, I can't wait to get old. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like I I want to I want to get to that point. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't uh-huh. want to I don't want to have any issues. So look, yeah. man, I rather I I'd rather gray uh, above ground. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right. Exactly. Exactly right. Um, okay, a couple a couple things here. Uh one, the NBA draft is moving to a two-day format. Yeah, I heard about that. So it's going to be on the 25th and the 26th of June, um, which, you know, they used to do everything, you know, in one night. And that's the way it's always been. So you're going to have two rounds. First round is five minutes in between picks. Second round is four minutes in between picks. So that that's the way it's going to work. It'll be, I'm sorry, 26th and 27th uh, of, of June is when it'll be. It'll be at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Uh, the second round will take place at ESPN Seaport District Studios in New York. Hmm. Um, so the first round will have five minutes between picks. Second round will have uh, four minutes from two minutes. And they moved it up. It used to be two minutes. So that's, that's what it is. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't, the second round I'm the not NBA draft is a yawn fest anyway. It honestly. always, it always is. So for them to try to make a, a, a day out of it, um, I understand what they're trying to do. Cause like during a lot of people stop watching at the first round. So if you can turn it into a two-day event, you can kind of reinvigorate people, give people a break, you know, give people something to look forward to. Also, you give these teams more time to make better de- better decisions. Yeah, true. That's true. Yeah, where or I, it may open itself up to more trades, you know, and anything yeah, like that. Yeah, that part. That part too. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, with a little bit more time to think and sort of let the night before settle in, and you know, maybe it means more trades um, in general. Right? right, not just not just draft picks. Um, so there's that. The Orioles sold for one point seven two five billion dollars. The Angelos family bought the Orioles back in 1993 for 173 million, and they're going to sell them for one point seven two five. Now, part of the ownership group, there's two names that that are interesting here that we know of at least right now. One of them is Cal Ripken Jr., the former great Oriole player. And the other one is Grand Hill. If you didn't know, even though Grand Hill's dad played in the NFL, Grand Hill's dad was a very, uh, Calvin Hill is his name, was a longtime, longtime um, front office member for the Baltimore Orioles. His dad was. So Grand Hill and Cal Ripken um, are part of the group here taking over. Okay. Interesting, right. right? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how how that how that thing pans out. And Peter Angelus was not a great owner, so it's good. All right. So if you also if you're just tuning in, Mike McDonald has been hired as the Seahawks head coach, which leaves one team um, still out there in the wind right now, and it's Washington. And the the field has been pared down a lot because you had Ben Johnson, who's the offensive coordinator in Detroit, uh, taking himself out of it. Bobby Slowick, who was the offensive coordinator in Houston, taking himself out of it. And Jared Johnson, who's the quarterback's coach in Houston, taking himself out of it also. So, um, you know, Dan Quinn is still out there. He's the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. He was thought to maybe be going to Seattle. Or they go with, uh, you know, an offensive coordinator from somewhere. You know, and the problem is, too, with all the coaching turnover, a lot of those new guys have already hired their OCs. So those OCs that maybe I'm, I'm just thinking about the offensive side of this that may have been maybe a chance, you know, for uh, Washington are already employed. Not to say they couldn't leave that and take a head coaching job. They could because it's a, a step up. But you know, there's a lot of stuff that's already been decided here. 
Yeah, I'm curious to see how Kellen Moore fills out his staff. You know, this 35-year-old young man, um, was a little older than me, but still a young man in comparison to his peers. I'm curious, to know, he's been an OC for five years, so he's had time to establish, I guess, some sort of a network. I'm curious, I'm curious to see where he goes um, in terms of building out his staff. I'm really curious about too. that. Yeah, I am too. Uh, because he's so young. I don't. I just, he's obviously going to pull from maybe a, the Cowboys or pull from the Chargers maybe, but I just have no idea what, what the first course of action is going to be on the staff. Is it the quarterback coach? Is it the – I, I, I know Stoutland is untouchable. But other than that, I just don't know where he's going to go. Well, the other thing, it, it just – again, it leads you to wonder, was this a reflection of Josh Harris? And the people that he has in place. I don't Josh, know. Wait, wait, I said Kellen Moore. I'm t- no, what? I'm saying in Washington, is it a reflection of Josh Harris, who's the who's the commander's owner, that maybe people aren't dying to go there? Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it, it, I think it is a reflection. I think it's a combination of mm, we need to see how you move first in this league before we commit to you. Because, you know, because, you know, what I think also I think the David Tepper situation really made it really open the eyes of a lot of these coaches and these new owners coming in that's taking over these teams. Let me let let me watch and see how they move mm. before I even consider working for them. You know what I mean? David Tepper kind of gave the new owners a bad name, the, the, the new crop of owners. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying Josh Harris is that, but. I think I, I think these coaches are just trying to you know take full control of their destinies here, and I and I, and I kind of I, I can respect it, you know. Yeah. Not you know all money and good money. No, I listen. I, I got you. So here's what we here, here's what we have so far: Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers, Antonio Pierce to the Raiders, Jared Mayo to the Patriots, Brian Callahan to the Titans, Dave Canales mm-hmm. to the Panthers, Raheem Morris to the Falcons, Mike McDonald to the Seahawks. And there's one left. So that's that's kind of where we're at. And, but the thing is, man, Tone, next year, you're still going to have Belichick out there. You're still going to have likely Vrabel out there. Mm-hmm. You're going to have Slowick out there. You're going to have Ben Johnson out there. You're going to have Jared Johnson out there. There's going to be a lot of options. If I, Again, I'm, I'm not thinking in terms of, you know, Nick Sirianni can't get it done and he's going to be fired. But I'm talking about for any team. There's going to be a lot of big names out there. Now, do we see the same trends? Because these guys didn't get hired this year. Right. I'm still shocked that neither Vrabel or Belichick are coaching this year, and they wanted to coach. Agreed, agreed. But you know, they're also getting paid um, a good amount of money from from their you know from their respective previous organizations. Um, if the job ain't right, if the, if, if it's not worth taking, sit back, collect your money, and you know, look out for the next round. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Take, you know, you know, you know, take some time to sit back and, you know, you know, to review the landscape, you know, may, I think that might be the best course of action for Belichick. Anyway, you've been with the Patriots for 20 plus years. Maybe you should take a year off. Just just revamp the landscape, with fre- you know, with fresh eyes. Right. Jumping from a 20 year bid from somewhere else to one of the organization is a lot. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot of unlearning that you have to go through. So I think you also re-examine your stance of how much control you might want. If, if right. that was, an, you know, if that was an impediment, you know what I mean? If that was something that turned teams off. Right. Right. So again, yeah, you know, I think, I think it has something to do with the money, but also again, I just think a guy like Ray rule and Belichick, they're going to get a job in this league. That's not a question. Maybe taking mm-hmm. the year off could serve them. You never know. 
Yeah, it could. I think it could too. And I think, yeah, if you, you can really start to think about the staff that you might want to put together. Like there's a lot of things you can do, uh, you know, to, to bide your time and be productive. That's for sure. Um, all right. That'll do it for us. Uh, a lot of fun today. Want to thank uh, the chat. Want to thank everybody streaming, everybody listening. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks to Jeff Kerr, who we had on uh, a little bit earlier. And like I said, Chris Frank will be joining us. So we'll continue with the Eagles discussion. If we get any update on Joel and bead, uh, we'll, we'll certainly be diving into yep. that too. Hey Rob, real quick, let me try something because I think I know what happened with those balloons. Do I think it, I know. I, I think I know how it happened. Let me try this real All quick. Right, see what it. happens. Do it. Yep, there it is. See <laughs> what? Look, throw up two peace signs and hold it there for a while. Two peace signs, just hold it there. Let's see what happens. Oh nope, it didn't happen for you. Wow, I guess I'm special, man. I guess I'm special. It didn't happen. Let's try again. <laughs> Nope. I don't know, man. It's weird. All right. All right. We'll, we'll try to get to the bottom of that, too. Uh, weird. But, but don't go anywhere. You have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio and Tone. So everybody have a great rest of your Wednesday, and we will see you guys tomorrow at the same Peace time. Peace out, guys. Thanks.